0: Hello and welcome to the Ten Pence Arcade
1: Podcast with me Victor Marland and me Sean Holly, down south now not up north down south for you you in the,
0: the, the sunny isles of Blackburn I'm in Glasgow hello everyone if you like podcasts about arcade stuff you're in the right place you are in the right place so as we usually start this podcast off Sean what have you been up to there's a big well, thing about arcades first, but let's get out the normal stuff first.
1: Well, it was wife's birthday, a big one, a big birthday, so yes. we so we went to York, I haven't, mm. I haven't been for a long time, and I looked around York for maybe two days, stayed in a nice Airbnb, went to see some things, went on a boat ride, some historical monuments, gardens, pub food, all, all the good stuff. Walked Sounds to a nice last weekend. Co- Walked along cobbled streets hand in hand like two star-crossed lovers Lovely. On, on a on a cobbled street of love. Good on you, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, very I good.
1: Hope you treated her well. Yes, did. And we had le- uh, apart from that, normal stuff. Bit of bit of crab magar, <coughs> which you don't do at crab magar.
0: Crab magic,
1: it's- crab magic, or
0: crap Patrick. Whatever you want to call it,
1: or crap Margaret as wife crab Margaret. It. Yeah,
0: but the big arcade thing we've been doing, I've been, you know, normal sort of thing, housework and DIY and work and and there, but the arcade stuff, we're going to stick to arcade stuff. We went to the Arcade Archive in Stroud in Gloucestershire. Hmm. Where do we start, Sean? Where do we start? Well, I think the first thing we can start is we'll put a link to your video that we did. We did a walk around there. Yes, we, we were very silly as usual. We get together yeah. like some eight-year-olds, and we're I think 50 people and nearly it,
1: over fifty. People have called it entertaining. I think that's the word they use. What they
0: mean, what they mean is, let's be nice to these half-wits. That's what I they think mean. So. Yeah, I think they're so, being, yeah, they're just being they're uh, just being pleasant.
2: Mm. <laughs> yes, <laughs>
0: we had a great time there, though. Um, the, the actual. When you'd go there, I obviously came down to you first from Glasgow to Blackburn, stayed with you overnight, and we went down the next day. Mr. Tronaz joined us, because Mr. Yeah. Uh, RGP was going to join us, but he didn't. He was a bit poorly. I hope he's better now. Uh, Mr. Tronaz came down with us, which was nice. And we got there about 1 o'clock, so we left a little bit later than normal, but it was still a reasonably pleasant drive down there. Got there, beautiful countryside, amazing place. Really mm. picturesque. It is nice, and it's it's where the RMC cave is, which people should probably know about if they listen to this podcast already. Which is a it's it's actually it's situated in an old mill building with an actual turbine, you know, a water wheel, and uh, it's actually it's a it's a company called Heber, which is like a sort of electronic side of it, but then the RMC retro cave is upstairs. And it's a really cool place. So the bit we were interested in, apart from the RMC retro cab, which you had a good look round as well, it's a really cool place, is the Arcade Archive. This is Alex Crowley, uh, former co-presenter of this podcast. It's the one I started it off with, Alex. And he's been doing all his videos, and now he's made himself an arcade. Mm. It's doing really well. Uh, It's more sort of based... It's more like a sort of museum arcade. He's trying to get from quite a way back and... Sort of basing himself on UK arcade cabinets, he's got a. One of the things I like in there is he's got the very first, as far as we know, arcade cab that was in the UK, which is a ping pong, which is a pong variant. But it was the UK mm. one made by Alka. He's got one of them in there. He's got an actual pong as well, mm. and he's got some. He's got an e. He got a few EM games, electromechanical games. He's got a uh, gunfight, which is like sort of a Sega. Is it a Sega Gunfight? This isn't it.
2: It is, yeah, yeah. And it's
0: sort of a long, t- almost like a sort of tall tabletop with a big perspex lid on it, and you've actually got physical moving characters you move around and shoot each other. It's not quite working yet, but it's in really good condition. I think it's going to be working soon. And next to that, he's actually got an actual gunfight—the first um, video game of, of that game. So he's sort of basing himself on on early stuff, and then sort of going up through. He's sort of doing it, curating like a museum, which is really cool. And he's got a bunch of really nice cabinets. A load of he's got down both sides and and through the middle of it. He's got dedicated cabinets. He's got you know the usual things: Space Invaders. Uh, he's got Defender. Uh, he's got Sea Wolf. Uh, And lots of other, you know, sort of cabs. He's got a um, a Tempest, Star Wars, you know, the usual sort of fare you see in in an arcade. All really nice condition, all working perfectly. One or two weren't quite there yet, and I think one stopped working on the day. But all in all, they're really good and working really nicely. And then on one side, in the middle, he's got a load of jammer cabs, all identical jammer cabs, and he, he... swaps uh, games in and out of them. So you get quite a variation every time you go there. And one of the ones I like playing, I haven't played in an actual arcade for a long, long time, is Banco Banico. Banco Banico. Yeah, that was nice, playing that. And he's sort of, he's. I think he's, he, he must be up to capacity now, surely. Because the place is pretty full. It's a nice area to to play in. There's enough room to move around and play if it's full up. But he must be getting to sort of close to capacity now.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think, is probably, if you t- say there's 10 down on each side, six along the back. Well, there's more than that, I think. And then, so that's 26, and then about 10, 15 at the middle. And yeah, 40, it's a nice amount, isn't it? Say 40 yard yeah.
0: Yeah, he's got Donkey Kong. He's brought his um, Skyskipper in there, which is one of only two or three in the world. Yeah. He's got his Sheriff, which is getting really rare now, a rare, rare Sheriff. And uh, out in the foyer which is a really nice area as you come into it. It's quite an open area. Um, Steve Minsoft, Minoir brought in his little uh, cocktail cabinet he made to house his Vectrex. Because he brought his game along with him, Verizon, which I've got here. I bought one myself when I was there. And lots of people were playing that in the foyer. It's absolutely brilliant. It's just like a proper arcade. If that had come out in the arcades, Atari would have snapped that up, definitely. When I was talking to Steve, I said to him, if you brought this out in 1981... Obviously, he was a child then. Um, he would have been a millionaire. They would have mm. snapped him up as one of the top programmers. But I mean, obviously, things have come on a lot further since then with the programming languages, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But it's an absolutely brilliant little game, and it's really works really nicely in that little cab he made. I, I keep threatening to steal that
1: cab one day. I probably will. Yeah, it's a nice little cocktail kind of thing, isn't it's a lovely it? Lovely little thing, wasn't it? Mm, clever, really it's cool. clever how it, how it works. Yeah, so. We had a really
0: nice day. It was a lovely day as well, which was nice. I met a load of old friends. I met a few new people as well, which is nice to to do. But, yeah, I really enjoyed Mm. it.
1: Yeah, it was great. I I tried to book two Airbnbs, and they both cancelled at the last minute. So I thought, why don't I drive it? So we did drive all the way down and back, which was a bit of a journey. But it was easier on the way back because it was like half eight at night. Yeah. And it it was bank holiday, but it was the roads were quite... Yeah, we're back to mine at don't know half eight night no, eleven ish, yeah. and then you you stopped over here and then went back to Glasgow in the morning, didn't yeah, you? Yeah,
0: it was a nice weekend actually. I, I really needed it as well because I've been quite stressed lately because wife's been very poorly with sciatica. I mean, like really, really bad, and she's through the worst of it now. I think the oh, um, the actual medicine they gave her in the end, they gave her the proper. When the doctor actually, I got the doctor round to do a house call she gave her a proper dose of it and we didn't realise you could have as much as they were giving her and it sort of settled her a little bit and I think things are better now she's still got a little bit of um, numbness in her leg but she's walking around now she's back to doing things again she's slowly sort of recuperating it's a lot better now but it's a lot better it's are over the hump I think which is nice I am really worried about her and that that weekend um, she was okay I nearly didn't go at one point because I was so worried Mm -hmm. about her but she said no no you've got to go you've got to go and the um, our friend over the road walked a dog, and you know it was okay in the end. She was okay with it. But yeah, it was a, it was a really really cool. I really missed last time, but last time I was in that car crash, and it was the next day, and I couldn't really do it. And I was really really miffed that I missed out the first time. And I would give the place ten out of ten. If you're thinking of visiting there, definitely go and see it. It's absolutely brilliant. It's a really good day out. I mean, kids, there's there's kids playing there. I remember um, Olmo Azzi. Alpha One on the UK FAQ forums. His kids were there, and it's really amazing. So I remember when they were born. I remember they were little swaddled up babies, and now they're yeah. running around. You know, I don't know how old uh, one of them is. Or both of them are now, but one of them was really getting into Verizon. He said, "Dad, Dad, you owe me some money for something. You, you have to buy it for me." And he went, "Oh yeah, I owe you some. I'll get it for you. I'll get it for you." And he had to buy it for him. But yeah, it was it was really nice seeing people and kids playing these old games that we loved as a kid as well. It was lovely doing that.
1: Yeah when i was when i worked at arcade club one of one of the biggest like joys of it was when you like you got a gang of like young lads come in with a dad and I say have you got donkey kong these are the lads yeah yeah we have have you got gauntlet yeah we have actually yeah and they, they knew these games it's I, interesting. Said, I said to you said to the dad i said that's parenting done right at That. yeah it's
0: interesting when you you talk to people so, so you meet someone new and they're a bit younger than you whatever and you mention, oh, I like old video games. I, you know, I've got i vi- I've got some some arcade games. They go, oh, have you got? And they usually say something like Street Fighter or, uh, or do you remember this game? And you go, oh yeah, I've actually, I've got, I've got Mame. You know, and explain to them what an emulator is and stuff. Or you say, oh yeah, I've got that on a multi-game. Do you want to play it? And they're like, Oh, an arcade cab. You're like, yeah, yeah. And it's they're really into it because they sort of remember it. Probably playing on like their bigger brother or sister's computer back in the day, and playing like a computer version of whatever it was. Or you know they might have gone to a seaside town and, and played an old game, or something. or Their dad might have known about it, or something. And it's always nice the different er- eras of of people's ages and their different generations of what they like. Because like people like us, you know, we remember Space Invaders and Pac Man and Donkey Kong, and then mm-hmm. the games that we got older into sort of teens and stuff. But They'll be sort of going things like oh I, w- I was into Mr. Driller and Sega Rally or you know something like that and it'd be sort of a bit further on then someone else will be like a dance game or something and it's really interesting who who likes what and what they they were into what they remember it's obviously a different generation to, to, different generational gap but yeah Alex has got it's mainly it's eight it's sort of seventies to nineties isn't it there's nothing newer
1: than yeah that, I, don't I think. think- yeah i think the jammer cabs may be the newest thing do you think yeah probably because he can put yeah. all sorts of games in those can't he hmm yes yeah, it's, a, it's a good vibe I, I really enjoy it. it's the second time i've been but yeah, it's, yeah. And, it, and it swapped a load of the jammer cab uh, pcbs out so that was nice to play different ones nice which we'll talk about in a bit actually yeah
0: because he, he bought he got a load of um, pcbs recently got a job lot of them and some interesting ones in there so hopefully they'll make a bit of a show in soon very good yeah really enjoyed that i mean the rmc cave i'd like to spend some more time up there i'm not sure if it was officially open that day or not because there was quite a few people in there and we got we got speaking to a chap i can't remember his name now he's was, he was getting on a bit but he he wrote some of the code for some spectrum zx spectrum hardware i think it was the interface one he did the code for and he used to work with um sir clive sinclair so it was really interesting picking his brains about you know the ZX81 and the ZX80 and the Spectrum and the QL and all those sorts of things. And he had some really interesting bits. I think he he, he came with him in cases like computer hardware. and I think he gave to the RMC Cave. Uh, and it was a really nice – it was a bootleg ZX81 in there. But it had a proper yeah, keyboard, so a proper joystick um, port on it, and its own styled 16K RAM pack. And It's a really nice little computer. I was like, oh, I'd love to get one of those because – I mean, the ZX81 was, was the first computer I ever touched. When I was a kid, they had a little computer room in the junior school and a full of ZX81s. I remember doing little programs on there, learning BASIC, and I always hated the damn things because even as a kid, I used to get annoyed with things. And if you just <laughs> moved them in the wrong direction or you knocked it, the, Z, the, the RAM pack would just slightly move and just reset everything. It would just <laughs> blank everything out. It's so annoying doing that. But, yeah, I had fond memories of you know being a kid and, and getting into computers. So I remember at some sort of open day at school um, and some of the older kids brought in their, like their mums or dads, whatever, work computers and there were some computers playing Space Invaders just on like a green screen and I was just enthralled with it. I mean, that's obviously how I got into this sort of stuff, seeing them on there first and then seeing stuff in, you know, cafes and arcades and stuff like that. But it's always been in my blood, that sort of thing, even from school, even playing games Mm -hmm. at school. Because obviously it was the ZX81s and then when I went, when I moved to to Dorset, they had BBCBs in there. And then I think like just before I left school, it was um, Acorn Archimedes. They were doing CAD and stuff on there. I think we did a little bit oh, of CAD on there nice. before we left in, in DNR. But yeah, so that that place was really cool. There's lots of things up there. We, we were doing a, th- me and you were doing a bit of, we um, were looking at a, a wall of like, uh, I think it was um, not LCD. It was the BFDs, BFD games, wasn't it? Yeah, which yeah. had like the sort of fluorescent um, tube kind of graphics. Because your dad used to sell them, didn't he, at A market store?
1: Yeah, he so he you would. had
0: access, even if you didn't, might not have had them yourself. You had access to playing lots of those
1: he worked at a cafe through the through the week mm-hmm. and there was a car park behind the cafe with like a car boot on the Sunday and he used to sell them there all right, but he, so... he used to give me one of every, what, every one me and my brother that he was selling like try these out oh you lucky get so, so I ended up with like five or six of them like Caveman and Astro Wars yeah. and I never got Firefox but Munchman the, the one that's actually shaped like a Pac-Man
0: the round one yeah I've got one it... now I mean, as a kid no, I'm having... I loved all that lot yeah, we, we were doing a thing where we were going, got that one, had that one, had that one, had that one. had. I didn't have that one. A mate of mine had that one. It was that sort of thing you did when you were kids, when you're looking through like magazines or videos or something. It was really cool. I remember having... I had the Munchman, the round one. I had Astro Blaster. I had Scramble. I had Invader from Space. Uh, I had a load of them. I even had like some... Um, almost like electromechanical, like clockwork ones, because the game they had at the RMC cave was Blip. Do you ever have Blip? It was like no. a tennis game, but it, it batted with little motors, a little LED, and you had three buttons to press as it came towards you to, to bat it back. It's a really cool mm. little game. It's brilliant. And like, you know, the little clockwork racing games, you sort of moved along a rolling road.
1: The, the first... I think I got one of the first ever cartridge-based systems, which was, which was called a Microvision. Like oh, a yeah, long, I've got one long, now, actually. I've got one a little while back from a car boot, I think. i got one. I think it's like 1979, 1980. It must have been, and you, you took the whole front of it off and yeah. started a new game in. It comes it in it a
0: leatherette a, case,
1: because I've still got the yeah, case Yeah, I remember it. it. It's a very blurry, tiny little screen, and that had yeah. a, a version of Pong on and different Different things that were supposed to be shooting games and stuff. It's very, very basic.
0: Yeah, they're made by MB, made the, the Vectrax.
1: Yeah, I remember it. So I've got yeah.
0: one now, and the weird thing that occurred to me is it uses two 9 volt batteries. So it runs on 18 volts, which is mad for a little. Usually they work on 5 volts or 3 volts, you know, 2 AA batteries or something, or 3 AA batteries. So it uses mm. a lot of, for some reason, it uses a lot of power. I'm not sure why. And the batteries aren't cheap either. Mm. So yeah, we we went up there and was doing all that. There was lots of computer games and they had a Galaxian cab up there and stuff and I think Mr. Tronads was on there for a half an hour getting a massive score on it. So yeah, it was real fun. And uh yeah, we had a really great day out. It's really nice. And that those chips from up the road, very, very good. Oh
1: yeah, fish and chips. Oh yeah. You've got to have fish and chips on the day out, haven't you? Mm. It's just the it's the law, surely. Good taste laws. <laughs> and did you like me dodging the potholes inadvertently running into oncoming traffic? No, it was um, quite frightening. There mm. was well, loads of potholes on my side and none on the other side. So, well, I live in Glasgow, mate. Potholes are just part of the course here. So I thought I'd, you know, swoop over to the other side a bit, but I forgot about oncoming cars. You know, it's, it's quite rare. Yeah, I've seen you do that before. It's
0: quite rare. It was fine. That's why there's sort of claw marks in your dashboard now from where my fingers went. Like, yeah. <laughs> what did they do? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, that was the day out. We did anyway. And hopefully, if I go down again, I might be able to get the plane down or something. Because it is a long drive. Mm. I think you can get the plane down to somewhere like Bristol. I think it's reasonably close. I can't remember. But yeah, that'd be nice. Other stuff we've been doing. some Some more arcade stuff, actually. I got my Nintendo cocktail cabinet operational again. Now, I've had two of these cabinets before. And I had actually absolutely mint ones. They were so mint... They even used all the original Nintendo screws with them. They were that good. Oh, wow. And I stupidly sold both of them ages ago, so I wasn't playing them. And I really, really missed it. And because I had a few boards left over, the marvellous Phil Murray made a multi-game for Space Fever. So you can play Space Fever, different versions of it. Space Weaver High splitter which is a slightly different game, and Space Launcher on the same hardware, just with with a menu system. So I thought I really need a cab for this. So I got scraped together some bits left over, like a, um, the main tub, the legs, the tabletop. I haven't got any glass. I had a monitor that didn't work. I had bits of the wiring. Didn't quite have a power supply. I've converted it to a switching power supply. I've put a step down in there as well. So it obviously goes from 230 UK volts to 100 Japanese volts for the monitor and stuff. Mm. So I need the main bit I needed was a monitor because the monitor I had had either horizontal or vertical collapse. There's a thin line down the middle. I can't remember which, which collapse it was. And I tried to repair it by replacing one of the transistors, and it wasn't that. So it's probably... One two more transistors, so in the future I will get those two transistors and just change them around to see if it works. so I bought if people remember back ages ago, I bought a new a whole new monitor from Smarty Martin. He, he took it out of a cab and he was replacing the monitor for some reason, and it was a it's they call them Nintendo monitors but actually Sanio monitors, so the Japanese brand and um, this is known as the onion monitor. Because mm. when you picked it up for me from the last Arcade Archive meet, because uh, Smarty brought it up there for me, and I didn't obviously could get it, and you picked it up for me kindly, and brought it back, uh, Mrs. Holly, when, when you went shopping, nearly dumped some onions on it when she come back. Well, that was so, so in, the legend goes. I left it in the boot, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I'm a bit careful with that. So <laughs> th- there is a bit of a problem. There was a bit of a problem, I've sorted it out. It's not quite the same monitor as the one I've got. Even though it's the same model chassis and the same tube, and everything else is reasonably the same with it, the ones used in old Nintendo games put out an inverted and upside-down screen compared to a standard arcade monitor. I don't know why. But Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr., Space Fever, I think Popeye might even run on that as well. I think all those older games ran on inverted and upside-down for some reason. So the ones you might sold me had an actual factory fitted modification on the chassis so some parts were added and uh, missing on my original monitor chassis and some bits are slightly different on it you can actually see it quite easily to give the correct colored and the right way around image for normal arcade games so i tried an inverter board i've got which some nintendo games used for this exact occasion but it didn't work for me I don't know if I wasn't supplying it with enough power, because apparently it should be able to work on 12 volts, even though originally it would work on 18 volts. But everyone said it should work on 12 volts. It just wasn't working. So I'm not sure why. Um, so I still got, you know, didn't do anything for the colours, and obviously the upside-down image is completely different. That won't do that. it's just do the colours. So after asking on the UK back forum, uh, the main man, Phil Murray again, who coincidentally made that SpaceView multiboard, had made a mod for SpaceView PCB, which inverts the video. So it only involved adding a chip on top of another one, and you had to snip some legs off and solder some legs to it. It was really easy to do. It took like 10 minutes. Um, and this sorted out, worked a treat. So the image is now, instead of having like a grey screen with weird colours, it was a black screen. It should be with all the proper colours in it. But it was still upside down. So the monitor that Smarty martin sold me, the Yoke plug and it's got four wires on it, and that's what makes the image round the right way, upside down, back to front, whatever. And it had already been snipped in the middle, so you, you can't just plug it in one way. You can actually plug it in the wrong way around and stuff. So what I had to do was swap both the horizontal around where it was and the vertical around where it was. If you swap if you swap the horizontal for the vertical, you'll blow your monitor up. you could be really careful with this. I was actually, I treble checked it when I did it because it will actually knacker the monitor. So what I did is I, ch- I turned the horizontal one around, tried it, and the the image was the right way round but it was mirrored left to right so I did Uh the other one and then it came up perfect so now it's fully working so it's pretty good so I was really really careful doing that if you're going to do it because the the actual plug is made in such a way where you can't plug it in the wrong way because one of the the plug holes is longer than the other but when you snip it you could potentially put it around the wrong way so I was really careful with that But I did it okay, it's okay in the end, and it works fine. I've been playing the games on it, it's really nice playing them, and it actually saves the games as well, which is nice, never used to in the original ones. So all I've got to do now is tidy it up, uh, tidy the tabletop up. It hasn't got a second player control panel, I haven't got one. I've actually got the panel with the joystick and everything and the buttons, but I haven't got the actual metal work that holds it all together. So what I'm going to do is just blank it off and just use it as a single a single control game. You can still play two-player games on it because there's a setting on the, the multi to make it think it's an upright game. It's with one set of controls, so you can obviously just move away and let the other person play.
1: Oh, that's clever.
0: Yeah, so I'll just put it against the wall. You know, I'll, I'll make a blanking mm. plate for the back where the control hole is and put it against the wall. Um and I need to get some glass for it, which is just, you know, get some glass cut and beveled. And um, some I have to make some 3D printed corner brackets because I haven't got any corner brackets. They're hard to find. I could mm. make them out of a metal, actually, but I just I think I'd just make some some 3D printed ones, I reckon. be nice. be nice to actually uh, make the drawing up and actually design them for that and do some of those. And that'll be done. Can
1: you, can you
0: do that? Can you make your own designs? Or you I can, to- yeah, because I can operate cad software that's what i do at work
1: right so, you, so, make, so you, you
0: make solid models and you convert them to stl files you put them in a, a 3d printer slicer like um uh cura and it, it dumps out the the code for the 3d printer so
1: you can just make things uh, i always thought you downloaded sort of schematics off the web and used them
0: well, you can people do make their own solid they make a solid um model And then they upload it, and people just download it for freeway. But I I can actually make my own solid models. I think if if you – because I've been doing this for a long time. It's what I do for work. But obviously, our solid models for making metal and plastic things, not 3D printed. Um, So it's the same way to actually design a 3D part, but you just put it through Cura, which makes the 3D um, printed files for you, the code for it. I've made a few things like that. Oh, nice. I'm currently redesigning. I know I make, I make the Vectrex Tempest spinner controls. Well, I use mm. the knob that I print out on that, the spinner knob, is a Warlords knob. And the one I've got has actually got a hole in the side. So Originally, it would have had a little grub screw in the side to actually screw it onto the, the potentiometer. But obviously, I don't need that because I push them on. They're, a bit, they're quite a tight push fit. And what I've done is I'm going to redesign it so it hasn't got that in there. I make them look a bit nicer because they, they look a bit weird with that hole in the sub. You don't really see it because it's black on black anyway. But I'm going to redesign that and do my own ones.
1: So, yeah, oh, it's coming to an end now, that cocktail.
0: Good. But I, I might get it... Um, I might find the Ral code again and get it uh, powder coat painted. So it looks really nice. And polish your legs
2: up. Hmm.
1: With Which bit?
0: The actual main tub, the main... Because that's metal. Oh, right
1: all right and the legs it? on
0: those aren't chromed either which is nice they're aluminium so you can just buff them make them look nice because the chrome ones are a pain Cause If you get them re-chromed it costs a fortune and they nearly always rust again because chrome does rust over time and it does cost a lot uh, money to get them done so i'll just do the aluminium just polish aluminium it looks nice make some new feet for it so it's nearly done that one. Oh oh it'll be nicer it is nice having a little cocktail cup. i do like having cocktail cabinets they're good things Coming to the end of uh, the closing stage of the bookshelf Leviathan, I keep going on about this thing. It's massive. Uh, I made a prototype drawer the other day (laughs) with my (laughs) existing tools. Uh, Fitting a drawer, actually making it from scratch and fitting it with runners, is quite a difficult thing to do. You've got to get quite precise. And in wood, that's difficult. Um, So we bought some soft-closed drawer runners. So when you close it, it slowly closes into itself, and they fit a treat. Um, I said I made it with my existing tools. I did it the long way round. I've bought a table saw. It's coming, I think, tomorrow or the next day. And I'll be able to do ten uh, draws much easier. With that, I can nearly, n- do nearly all the operations with the one table saw. Because when I did it, I, I used a router, I used a circular saw, I used all sorts of things to do it. But with the table saw, I can do everything on the table saw. And it's much more precise on there as well. So that's going to be. But I bought this new, uh, obviously a new machine tool. I'll be using it for arcade purposes, most definitely.
1: Yeah, I think you could make a an actual cab, couldn't you? Really? You know, I've, done of a, I've done it yeah, before. I've done it before, but
0: I probably will do in the future. Yes, definitely. Cabinet. Hmm. Yeah, I have got plans for making some kind of bar tops in the future. I'll actually start a, like a little sort of home business doing them, but I'm. I'm not at that particular point in my life to do them yet because obviously the house needs mm. doing, need room to do it, all in and that sort of stuff. But it's coming. It's coming. And they will be CRT. Definitely CRT. Wow. No flat screens in my cabs, mate. Absolutely not. So, yeah, that is coming. Art, uh, oh, one quick preview before the next podcast, which we will definitely talk about. Mm. I might have been buying another cab. Uh-oh. I, I say might. I have. But this one was just too good to miss. Uh, I'll talk a little bit about it in the pickup section. Uh, and I won't actually be getting it until the next podcast. I think it's going to be delivered on May the 1st or the 2nd. So there is more cab fun on the horizon. Cab fun! Cab fun! <laughs> what have we been playing?
1: I've been playing the featured games, of course. I have as well, a little bit. I've been Actually, playing. I've been playing them quite
0: a lot because the last cab I bought, which you spoke about on the last podcast or even the one before that, which is the Upright uh, Space Attack cab, which was a bootleg um, British Space Invaders clone. It's a weird looking cab. It's got like a box on top. It's sort of like quite a short thing, but then there's a big box on top with a monitor in it. It's so like two parts, hmm. like a modular thing. And it had Uniwar S actually in it when I got it, a bootleg Galaxian board running Uniwar S. So I swapped it out with my multi-galaxian, my multi-macro-galaxian board, which plays a lot of Galaxian hardware games. And that plays Mooncrester and Uniwar S. I've been playing that. Every time I go in the front room, oh, it's a quick go. Flick it on, play Mooncrester, play Uniwar S been playing quite a few games so i've been playing actually on hardware for a change which is nice
1: oh that's good mm. i've been playing flying shark like we played down at the arcade archive i got i got into i got the high school there i don't think it's still there of course you did but, but i'm now playing in our patent patented sofa mode
0: Sofa mode. so you got so I'll, what is, it, is this just um easy mode and auto fire
1: Easy mode, auto fire, endless lives. Oh, easy yeah. mode, easy I mode get. on. Te- oh no, it's nice, isn't it? Easy mode on teleplan is less it's than still rock. Oh, it's rock hard, yeah. It's still the same.
0: Yeah, I went on but- there right because I remember flying shark on the ZX Spectrum. It was. I remember it being a really good version, but it was all yellow. Oh, the graphics were all monochrome, yellow and black. So it was very difficult seeing bullets being flying out here because. The spectrum was terrible at, at coloured. It didn't have sprites for a start, so it was terrible with colours, so you'd get colour clash. So you just get yellow and black background, yellow planes, <laughs> yellow bullets. Everything was yellow. So it was, you know, it was a good version, I remember. But um it was one of those ones where they made a vertical game obviously on a horizontal screen, but they used a third of the right hand side of the screen for your your lives and your you know your bullets and whatever and all the sort of status on the side and the actual screen was almost like a vertical screen mm. but yeah i remember playing that so i played it there and it's just insanely hard from from the get-go it's just ridiculous yeah. and it was that was that on easy mode there or was that medium i don't know it was just rock someone got four hundred thousand oh, on it or something
1: did i say sofa mode was auto fire as well did i yes. mention that yeah oh
0: yes so how much was, how, at what points are you getting on sofa mode
1: I haven't played it a lot actually I think I actually got less <laughs> than when I did really? at the archive yeah
0: it's weird that isn't it sometimes it happens yeah.
1: what else have you been up to well I've been playing a Pico 8 game Ooh. inspired by Mr Funk I met Mr Funk you didn't you didn't. You missed him didn't you down there did you get Funk the funk, the F-U-N-F-U-N-G. The funk. He said he, he said he nearly crashed his car, didn't he, when he, he had that? But, well, we, we'll we give him a shout out. The the that, that might, that might be the, the funk. How? Ooh, went all yeah, James so we're, Brown we're, for a minute then. We're, we're, we're going to talk about Pico 8 games in detail, I Where think, in future podcasts. we talk, talk about one uh, a bit later, which I've been playing really enjoying. It's one I'll be playing more of, I think. But because it's Pico 8, I've played it on a laptop. It'd be nice to play it with proper controls, I think.
0: It is, yeah. I've got my little Pico 8 machine I've made, but I've stolen the screen off it to sit on top of my MISTER at the moment because I updated the, updated the MISTER the other day. And when you update mm-hmm. the MISTER, it uses a, a higher-res display. So if you're using it on a CRT, which I am doing, you don't see what it's doing. So I just plug that HDMI little tiny screen into it just to see what's going on with it. But I shall be returning mm-hmm. it to its rightful place, my Pico 8 machine. Hmm. Uh when we went to the arcade archive I played <gasps> Banco!
2: Banko I
0: just think I've just broken my microphone by saying that. That's bank panic, by the uh, way, kids. I got over a hundred K on my first go, so I've still got some rootin' tootin' bandit killing skills. you've gotta be proper in the zone for that. Oh, I love that game. I love twitchy games like that sometimes. Mm. I just I, that game is just so charming. I love it.
2: Mm, yeah, even good.
0: when you shoot um, like a good guy for some reason you shoot them in the forehead and they're not dead <laughs> they just get really annoyed they've got a big red dot in their head they just get annoyed at you which is weird but funny right, Lunar Rescue at the Arcade Archive Alex has got a Space Invaders machine in the corner and it's got one of the multi-kits on the braids multi-kit like i got in my Space Invaders and obviously if it's got that on it you're going to play Lunar Rescue because it's an absolutely brilliant game I couldn't mm. beat Alex's score on there. It was like twelve thousand. I've beaten that before, and I couldn't. I think I was within a hundred points of beating it. And I was like, "Darn it!" So I didn't
1: do that. I played. It was Oli Alpha. Ollie, Ollie, Ollie Alpha. Ones me as well. An actual Taito cab. Yeah. New, nice. Uh, Very rare. I, I think my highest score ever on it is nineteen thousand and something. Really? I think. Yeah.
0: We'll have to look back to when we did it, when we reviewed it because I think we got twelve or thirteen thousand then.
1: Yeah, I think we did really well. Yeah, it, it is. It's kind of the sequel to. It was a sequel to Space Invaders, really, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, it's actually got Space Invaders in it.
1: Yeah, it came. I think they were space. They tried to do Space Invaders two, didn't they? Part two. Yeah. And because Galaxian had come out at the same time, which was full color, mm-hmm. they they tried to sort of make it color by putting the cellophane. You what, do. There is. There are colored of.
0: versions of Lunar Rescue and Space Invaders because they had color proms added to them. So you do get colour versions of them as well, which is nice. But mine's black and white as well. Uh, and Verizon. I've been playing a lot of Verizon. This is the original indie Vectrex game. This was at the Arcade Archive first. It was so good, I bought my own copy. Mm. And I think nice. anyone else who has got a Vectrex owes it to themselves to buy Verizon. It's absolutely brilliant. It's an original styled uh, Vectrex size box. You get a little uh, a little manual with it you get an overlay you get the cartridge it's brilliant it's just like an original game but brand
1: new and the game is like it starts off like a standard left right shooter reminds me a bit of astro blaster a bit whether it's astro
0: blaster galaxian
1: galaga but then you start thing built in in all sorts of extra stuff it's really clever and it's it plays. Something it, you pick it up, it plays well immediately. It's got a really good feel to it.
0: It's nice, yeah. And it even mm. saves you high scores and everything as well. Mm. Excellent game. I recommend that one. It's really good. So I, I treated myself to it. Uh, I've also have been playing quite a lot of Galaxian. This is probably because mm. it's on the same, it's obviously on the Galaxian board. I've been playing uh, this podcast featured games on. So I'm playing a bit of Galaxian. i getting better at Galaxian. I'm over 20,000 now, and I was nowhere near that before, and that's still quite pathetic. But I'm getting. I'm sort of learning a bit more about it and getting better at it. Uh, Salamander on the Famicom. I bought that recently. Yeah. I've been playing that. It's a little bit different to the arcade version. So I do like it a lot. Um, oh, here's another one. Bosconian on the Vectrex, believe it or not.
1: Yeah, you sent me pictures of that, didn't you?
0: So, on the Vec Fever cart, which is quite a hard thing to find, don't get into it, um, Thomas, the creator of the Vec Fever, has pulled out all the stops again and got the arcade ROM of Bosconian and also Rally X and New Rally X working on there as well. So, they've they've vectorised all the graphics and used the arcade ROMs to play the arcade game on a Vectrex with vector graphics, and it works really nicely. So... Because the orientation of a Vectrex is is portrait mode, Tarte, and the orientation of the original arcade games of Rally X and um, Bosconia were horizontal. On those two games, you had on the right-hand side you had a status, which was like a radar and all your scores Mm. and everything, your lives and that. So you don't get that on the Vectrex. I'm not sure if you turn the screen around, because you can actually turn the screen around on some of the Vectrex games. You can lay it on its side and play it that way. I'm not sure if you get the the radar then, but what he's added, he's added a handy little arrow which points you in the direction of the Bosconian ships or or the the flags in Rally X. So when you're near them, it's really clever and it works really well. The only thing you don't get is you don't get that you can't see where the formations are coming from in Bosconian and also the baddie cars in, in Rally X. But it works really nicely on the Vectrex. I love it. Really cool. So I'm playing a bit of that, and obviously I've been playing original Bosconian on my little cab, my themed Isis cab, because I got my PCB back recently.
1: Excellent. I love that game. It's a great game. It's really good.
2: Mm. Arcade news.
0: Uh, I'm just, we've not got a lot of arcade news this week, have we, this month?
1: No, there's a, a nice little article here about from arcade heroes about
0: there's always good articles from arcade heroes
1: pcs powering arcade machines and he's so he's so meticulous with his research he goes right back to brilliant well what was it i'm just having a look here not consoles not but actual pcs
0: yeah so i read i read the article actually it's really good and it's it's actual home computers the hardware using the mm. home computers, not consoles because obviously arcade games used console hardware especially later on but they started off with stuff like um, the Atari 8 bits there was a, a, a set Bally, hardware called max aflex and it used Bally, it was basically a, K, yeah, that, that was, was a console it. though whereas uh, this yeah. one is d- dealing with with pc home pcs so the maxaflex was it was a modified 600xL which is basically a, an Atari 400. And it had cartridges you could you pop in there, just like a computer cartridge, really. And it went on to 16-bit Amiga and ST, and then onto actual custom IBM-compatible PC hardware. And obviously nowadays it's all PC hardware. So yeah, it was interesting, interesting uh, bit into that. And obviously the, years ago they thought, oh, we can use these multi-featured machines to play more than one game. So obviously you can use one base hardware and then have different. Discs or cartridges or whatever, or extra hardware to do different games on there.
1: yeah uh, yeah, Bally Astrocade was a PC console hybrid. You get basic for it. Oh yeah. Uh, Wizard of War was on it. Wow. Yeah,
0: it, was, it, it sort of went the other way. It started off as a home console, and they they used that hardware for some of the arcade games like Gorf and Wizard of War. Wizard of War was a really good game. I was playing that the other day. On Mister, great game. Sounds awesome! You
1: the sound on that's really that weird. With, I played that with my son when he was a little boy. He thought it was hilarious shooting me all the time. <laughs> right, what are we looking at now, kids? Uh, one from Matt Neo MK. Game are now taking pre-orders f- for New Wave Toys mini arcade machines. Have you oh, seen right, this? Oh right, yeah. These are the ones that were exclusive to the US and have unique titles like Dragon's Lair, Space Ace and Food Fight, strangely enough. There is a Missile Command and a *Cuba*, They are pretty expensive for what they are, in my opinion, but perhaps some listeners might be interested. I have not seen these. Have I you have. seen them?
0: When I was at the Portland uh, Retro Game Expo, uh, God, was that 2016? Something like that? I can't remember. it's a long time ago. Uh, I saw them there then. Because I was helping out um, the Quarter Arcades, which is the sort of UK version of these. They do, they do lots of games, Galaxy and Pac-Man, Dig Dug. There's loads of them now. And um, they're a similar kind of thing. They're a similar kind of scale. I think the the, the the New Wave ones might be a slightly smaller scale, but I saw some of them over there. They had a Tempest, they had a 1942, the Missile Commander they had there as well. But they had a, the weird one with the Missile Commander, they actually had the Cockpit Missile Command so you couldn't really get yourself into it to see, to play the game. Because obviously you can play them on a small scale. Uh, they're still pretty good, though. Um, the Quarter Arcade ones have got, well, I don't know, there's some good, the Quarter Arcade ones are really nice. They're really nice little things. Uh, the New Wave ones are good as well. But I mean, having a Cuba, I've actually got my own little Cuba anyway on an Isis cab, so I don't really need one. But, you know, if you if you've got limited space, they play, I'm pretty sure they play the arcade ROMs. I'm pretty sure of it. It's they're mm. not like the little tiny Walmart things that play like a NES version of it. They actually play proper arcade versions. They play really nicely as well. These are no exception. They're just the same. But it's interesting we're getting them in the UK now. It's good. Because mm. it cost a fortune to import them over from America. Biscuits
1: Review. Biscuits Review. I don't know about you. Biscuits Review. When we was at the Arcade Archive, Mr. Jimmy, he's Jimmy. It he gave us some biscuits he's troubled, that, you, that, lad. that you hid behind mm, your bag. Yeah, I did, and, and I there's didn't reason find him, for this. I didn't find them because he got us two packs each, and he was going to have them all. He got me two packs. Yeah, and and me.
0: Yeah, so these are these are dangerous. That lad, he's got he's he's hooked us. The first one's come free, the next one's got to pay like fifteen hundred quid for them or something. <laughs> so these are they're, they're from is it Lou L U. Le Petit yeah. Beer, which is I think means a little bit of butter. So these are butter biscuits with a, a hint, is it a hint, Sean, of salt? Yeah. Oh. They're, they're gorgeous, aren't they? Oh, my God. Well, we bought some the day we found them here. They're like crack.
1: We're on a third a third load of them. Oh, I We've think
0: got- we are as well. Now. God
1: damn, they're so nice, aren't they? You don't even need a drink with them. They're that lovely. Yeah, I don't know, don't know oh. what it is because if it's just a, like like it says a butter biscuit, yeah, with salt. It, I, but I'm pretty sure they've put some sort of heroin in there or something. Oh, I something think so. that's very Moorish. I think they have. Oh, let, let me just say, mm. well done, Jimmy. That was a, we we're going to we we're going to include him on the last show, didn't weren't we? But we we kept him we kept him back. Yeah, they're such good biscuits, mate. Actually, no, we couldn't have done because we had. We had he also this, gave yeah, us some. The uh, Petite Biscot.
0: Biscot with crunchy cinnamon. These ones are like a biscotti, which is like a sort of yeah. more crunchy biscuit you usually have with coffee on the side of a coffee cup. Is biscotti. This
1: bis- is this what Biscoffs are, which is actually no, cinema- cinnamon and no, brown sugar? No, I don't think so.
0: Biscoff is usually, it's uh. a different thing, but these are biscotti. you have got to say <laughs> in some sort of New York or some sort of American or, uh, Italian accent, biscotti. They're really crunchy. But they are gorgeous as well. This company, Lou, L-U, they're dangerous. Dangerous mm. biscuits.
2: They're
0: mm. really
1: nice. Thank you, he is Jimmy, for getting me addicted. And, getting wife and son. And son as well, to, the, to them square ones. Yeah. Oof, the Lou really beer. Nice. Oh, please stop. That's good, that one, isn't it?
0: Um, I'll tell you what, those butter biscuits, I bet they're good with a bit of cheese slapped in the middle of them could be
1: if that's get, right get some
0: cheese right like a half inch slab of cheese and mm. and put those adorn them either side that's put a the lot cheese of cheese betwixt no that's the perfect amount of cheese <laughs> cheese to biscuit ratio that's about right mate yeah yes
2: recent pickups
0: i've been buying stuff have you A bit of stuff, yeah. So the first one we spoke about earlier is Verizon for Vectrex. Absolutely worth the money. Awesome game. Go and get it, everyone. A table saw. (laughs) Not quite arcade, but I will be making arcade bits on it probably for long. Uh, Now, the cab I spoke about earlier. I'll go into more depth, and I'll probably tell you all about it if and when I get it. Let me get into if and when and how. So the cab is a Vardeck Cadet. What is that? It's an even smaller than a subelectro Isis Cabaret cabinet. Now, Mr. Chris CMP's got one. Mm-hmm. I think he's got his Archanoid um, based in it, and Smarty Martin's got one. It's a little jammer cab, uh, and it's really small, even smaller than a boss uh, than a Isis cab. You know how small the boss uh, the. ISIS cabs, ISIS are, cabs huh? are. Yeah, yeah. They're I keep nice. saying Bosconian because I'm looking at my Bosconian ISIS cab right now. I'm looking at it. That's why I keep saying Bosconian. So this one's got Mister Do in it, and I think Alex and also Chris CMP sent me a WhatsApp message within like minutes of each other saying, "Look at this! Look at this! Look it was on Facebook Market page, right? Marketplace."
2: Mm.
0: So uh, I looked at it. And this basically was a nightmare. One day I had at work trying to sort this out was a nightmare, a logistical nightmare. So I won't actually be convinced I've got it until it's actually with me. I've paid for it. I've paid for the cabinet. I've paid a a deposit on the delivery. So at first, uh, the normal uh, delivery man that everyone uses in the UK for delivering cabs uh, was going to let me know if he could pick it up. I rang him up... uh, and the thing was, it's located in Newcastle, right? I thought, oh, great, Newcastle, not that far. Um, the delivery man goes to Newcastle up north and down south and up here quite regularly. He'll be able to pick it up for me. And the thing is, with cabs getting picked up, if you pick them up, you want them picked up reasonably quickly because the person who's selling them might have a reason for selling. It might be moving house, whatever. And this mm. was the case of this. It had to be picked up reasonably quick. Or someone else will jump in before you can get it before you. So it needs to be picked up quick. Can be stored for months, for all I care, and then delivered to me at the nearest opportunity when when that person is coming up to Scotland next to do uh, you know, more deliveries. Makes sense, right? I then worked it out when I was talking to the seller. It's not in Newcastle; it's in Newcastle Emlyn, which is North Wales, in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. It's really North West Wales, right? In, hours away from everywhere. So. I initially thought it was Newcastle in Newcastle, goodness sake. So after trying to get hold of the courier, uh, I found another one, right? The, deli- the delivery person we normally use said it just wasn't worth his while getting it because he never goes that way. It'll cost loads of money in, in fuel and diesel because obviously deals are deals expensive at the moment. Mm. So And it would take ages to get back. So I went to a larger – I approached a larger haulage firm, uh, which is not just a single person – that specialises in moving arcade machines between businesses. They stated, they said it'd be okay, uh, what size is it, blah, blah. blah. I took a, sent them a picture of it, told them roughly how, how big it is, what weight it is, blah, blah, blah. And they stated they couldn't go into a residential home for insurance purposes. So I said to the seller, could you possibly get it outside on the morning of pickup? He said, yeah, no problem, we can do that. So I told them that, brilliant. Everything was going okay. Then the haulage firm got freaked out about the small road the house was on. And even though uh, the seller said, well, there's, there's it's a farm track, but massive milk lorries go up there, you know, milk tankers, tractors with trailers on go up there, the haulage firm just basically freaked out and said, we can't do it. You know, our, our HEVs is massive, the size of a double-decker bus, it can't go down there, we can't do it, sorry, goodbye. I was like, oh, oh hmm. right, okay. So I lost that on two different firms trying to pick it up for me. So oh, God, I'm not going to get this. And I think at two or three separate occasions, I said to the seller, look, I think I'm going to run out of ideas here. I'm not going to have it. And then something else would pop up. And I'd go, oh, just try this, try this. And I went on to uh, the last avenue. was a company called, well, a thing called Shipley. you ever heard of Shipley? No.
2: It's like an auction Um,
0: site. It's like, um, uh, let's let's go compare or, uh, you know, meerkat supermarket where it's called that more than supermarket whatever it's called Mm. so you go to shipley you put on there right i want this thing picking up from here delivering to here this is the item what it looks like what it is and then lots of people haulage firms and people with vans say oh i can do that for x amount of money And I can do it here, here, and here, and deliver it here, here, and here. And you basically get lots of emails saying, I can do it for this price, a bit cheaper, a bit more expensive. And you pick one and say to them, look, that sounds a good price to me. Go and do it for me. And it's going to be about twice the normal price of delivery, which I'm still okay with because the the cab was quite cheap. So I'm okay Mm. with that. So it's going to be picked up, apparently, this Thursday. We're, We're recording on a Monday night. And it's being picked up this Thursday and hopefully delivered to me at the very start of May. So, fingers crossed, I'll be getting it before the next podcast. And I'm sure I'll have restored bits of it by then. It's all working. It looks really quite nice, actually. The buttons on it are horrible. It's got, like, Starpoint um, fruit machine buttons, which a lot of UK cabs add. So I'll get rid of those straight away, make a new panel for it, I expect. But, yeah, it's got Mr. Do in it, which is a nice little uh, extra to go with it. Not sure what i going to put in it yet, but uh, something good, I suppose. Mm. Mm, so, looking forward to that. Nice. Yes. Never heard of that one. You've not heard of a Vardec Cadet? No. I'll send you a picture later on. They're nice little cabs, really nice little cabs.
2: Listener feedback.
0: We've had a bit of feedback, as usual. Thank you, feedbackers.
1: Retro Russ. Oh, I forgot to say thank you. Have we seen this by the time we went down to the archive? He was there. Not sure. Uh, he said, "We were on about biscuit time, weren't we?" Yes, we were making up something called biscuit time, time. to the burger he's time. he's done a marquee, yeah. which is excellent. In, it's in, really cool. In the burger time, sort of exactly the same as like what burger time looked like, the marquee, and then he's added biscuits. And it must be an artist or something. Or, I'll,
0: I'll get the actual proper file off Retro Russ and put it on the uh, the uh, podcast notes for us. But it's got. On the left-hand side, if you, if you know what a, a Burger Time marquee looks like, it's got Peter Pepper on the left-hand side, the chef. But he's holding a biscuit rather than a <laughs> burger. And you've got biscuits on It's There's a little sort of um, chocolate chip cookie with a little face on it, giving a thumbs up. On the right-hand side, it looks like a niece biscuit, giving you like a cheeky smile. It's really cool, really nice. If I ever had a Burger Time cabinet, I would replace the marquee with that. I'd would get you? A biscuit yeah. Time, yeah, it looks yeah.
1: awesome. It's really, really cool. And he's put, in sp- I suppose instead of Peter Pepper, it would need to be something like Cecil Cinnamon, who would sprinkle cinnamon over the cookies. Yeah, because you use salt in the game, don't you? You just have to use cinnamon. It
0: has to be like a brown shaky thing rather than a oh, white be one. be good, that one. I-, I really hope that someone could mod the game to make put biscuits in it. That'd be so cool. So cool. Uh, Tin, Brother of Bronze, has been on. Another piece of finely crafted audio from the Ten Pencers. Thank you, gents.
1: Thank you. Funk. Get the funk. It, Sorry, Get the fuck. Get it. Yeah, <laughs> it's put great stuff, guys. Unexpected, <laughs> this is it. Unexpected shout out. Gave me a right laugh and I nearly crashed the car. Don't crash the car, funk. Don't crash your car, love.
0: Now, this one is from Aid, who is known as Skyway 73.
1: Do you know what Skyways are? Yeah, but they're like motorways in the sky. No. They're you not. weren't a BMXer, were you? I was I was a fake BMXer. My because dad, Skyways were mag fake wheels.
0: <laughs> Sky, Skyway made the, the proper de facto mag wheels. You know, the plastic mag wheels with like five spokes?
1: Oh, you know the choppers with the big handlebars that look like no, No, they didn't have
0: Skyways, you idiot.
1: I mean, that's what I had. Oh, yeah, you were a chopper. That's quite right, isn't it? I, I had a fake German chopper oh right okay. i don't know if it was german but it was me, my dad got that for us for off, me off the
0: back of a lorry probably
1: yeah I loved it. In, it, was in the was
0: 80s lots of things fell off backs of the lorries didn't they yeah yeah so skyway 73 has been on uh hi chaps haven't been listening to the podcast for too long but i'm really enjoying all the chat and especially the focus each month on the featured game it's great to get into an old classic and try and master it or not haha <laughs> but also it's a good way of making me play something different rather than just my usual favorites it's interesting to get to the end of the month and listen to everyone's thoughts and compare scores. Even though, if we all agree, the featured game might not go down as a classic. Boggy eighty
2: four.
0: Anyway, I've been looking back through all the previous games you've covered. I'm just gutted I missed out on all the fun. Would have loved to have got involved with some of them. Ah oh, well, I have a suggestion for a future featured game: Metro Cross from Namco. I rarely hear anyone mention it, and it's a game I've a lot of nostalgia for. It would be great to hear what you, th- you and everyone think of it. It's got plenty of risk world gameplay, secrets to uncover, funky or possibly annoying soundtrack, and its greatest strength is it's just a bit different from everything else. Hmm. Have we done Metrocross, Sean?
1: No, we haven't. Have we not? No, we've talked about it though. I'm getting it confused with Motos, which we did do, which is that knock the guys off yeah, the knock edge of the screen. Yeah. I
0: remember Metrocross from, from the Spectrum and Commodore 64 days again, because they had quite good versions on the home computers. You're, sort of, you're on skates, I think, or you're running you're running along from left to right and you've got to avoid things and jump on ramps and stuff ramps, ramps.
1: yeah and jump over
0: coke cans and things it's not a bad little game maybe we will yeah it's a good one to put on the list mm. if you do choose it for a future episode i promise you buy you as many biscuits as you can eat you cannot afford as many biscuits as you can eat mate you cannot oh Oof. to the value of five english pounds fair enough <laughs> oh, yeah. so yeah. We're, we're being bribed now and
1: bribes will work on us oh, yeah. believe me <laughs> bribes will work we, we have no picture- morals. No, no morals. We've got some pictures here from Andrew Hanna. He just came across a couple of arcade photos from the mid to early 80s. I took on Church Camp in Truro. In Truro, wow. And this is him in an dot, And a, a TX1. A TX1. TX1. And then like a, a nice little line up there. Look at them old cabs. Are they... There's an elevator action and a, what's that other one? Up and down.
0: Up and down. They're, they're in. Um, those cabs were generic jammer cabs. I recognise those. I can't remember what they're called, but they're a European generic cab. There's a Battle Zone full full size one in the middle. And there's a bomb jack, which looks like have been converted from a Frogger or something. Mm. But I mean, a lot of games are converted back then, weren't they? They
1: look weird, them cabs, aren't they?
0: They're nice looking things. I like them. Mm. So. Pilbo's been on. Hi, Victor and Sean. It's nearly the end of the month, and as I'm going to be spending tomorrow at Alton Towers entertaining my kids on a school inset day, I've had my last games on this month's selection. I've really enjoyed playing Mooncrester. The urge to just have one more go has been very strong. I wanted to get a better score and realised I was relatively poor at hitting targets with the Stage 1 ship with its single laser. So I had a few intensive training sessions where I just used that ship and then quit as soon as I lost that life. It did the trick, Improved my aim allowed me to progress further through the game without losing a life, and therefore getting in two dock- docking stages per loop, which really racked up the bonuses. I even finally got the message that I had been rewarded an extra ship, which was pleasant but unexpected. Anyway, he's given his final score, and that's as good as it'll get, and I'm fairly happy with it. I even got to play the real arcade machine the arcade club Leeds when we went up north for a break at Easter, and hoped that would improve my scores. I don't know whether it was the distraction of all the other machines and people around me, or the slightly sticky left direction button, but i definitely do better on my Steam Deck. As for Uniwar S, it was not for me. I had a few token guys, but couldn't get on with it, so I went, just went back to enjoy moon, myself a Mooncrester. But after seven last month, that's two hits in a row as far as I'm concerned. Keep it up. Hey, Thank you, Andy. Thank you, Pillbow.
1: Friendly shout-outs. friendly shout out so i've got one friendly shout out for mark happy dude for getting his seven month old <laughs> grandson to play street fighter on his dino king oh nice one i think Star it's dino on. king was it in there i said, it I is it's it's dino. i made the control panel for that cab uh, yeah yes so and and he has put a score in this lad what the tiny one yeah for for our featured game <laughs> <laughs> nice one. So he's got to be the, early, the youngest
0: player ever, I think. Yeah. Nice one. I've got lots of shout-outs here. So the first one is for Alex and all the helpers at the Arcade Archive. You know who you are. Also, everyone I hadn't seen for ages and the new people I met there and spoke to for the first time. Lovely. I must thank Ross Ross for the black and white CRT monitor I finally got off of Alex. I should have got the last time we went. you went down there. Uh, thank you, Port Chief, for ba- repairing my... Bosconian PCB absolutely ages ago. I need to receive it when I saw Sean. I'm playing that a lot. I am Jimmy for the uh, incredibly addictive biscuits.
1: They are lovely. They're so good.
0: Neil the RMCK for letting us have a nose round. Mm-hmm. Also, Old Moazese for helping me find a courier, which he helped out with the suggestions of different couriers I should try and eventually found, wound up with Shipley also must thank Phil Murray for his help with the uh, Nintendo, my Nintendo cocktail. Can he help me out with that? Who else? I'm sure I'm missing someone. It's been quite busy. But it's been, it's been good. But the Arcade Archive mainly saw lots of people we, we know of and we haven't seen for ages. So all that lot, especially.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a good... I've been down there, been down south... Four times in a year, round to that area. I've yeah. been to Old's meet, Alex's meet, and then twice to the archive. Yeah. So all within about the space of a year. So I, I sort of, kind of know the area. I'm meeting the same people. They haven't met for a long time.
0: Uh, one one thing that really really cheered me up actually is when I was talking to Old, he said, "Oh, you you probably won't be able to make it now. You're up in Scotland, but I'm having a meet in the summer. If you want to come down, so he invited me down in the summer, which was really nice to hear." because i'm up here now i don't really get to go to see too much anymore but it is mm. nice to be invited i might not be able to make it because i've got a lot of holidays i've got holiday coming up soon and lots of other things busy around june and july but if i can go i'll definitely go because i love all old meats they're really nice it's got so many cool cabs
1: yeah yeah right and that's a, another video i did they did a right unusual one and i got to play an original uh solar fox yeah which Very was rare a, game. Incredible game. Incredible Ooh. game.
0: I wasn't that keen on it, but the actual cab looks amazing with that big joystick. It's got a big flight mm-hmm. stick on it.
1: Cool. Yeah. Took me a while to get used to it after playing with the arcade you know, like a standard arcade control.
0: I bet it did, yeah,
1: yeah. Right, we we're changing Homebrew Heroes to yes. the Pico eight arcade review section. Because there's enough there's enough Pico eight arcade games to do a full section, I Absolutely. think. Absolutely. And the one that stuck out to me, just because it was on the top page, I thought I'd play this for a bit, and I was playing it for about an hour. Wow. Is Calm?
0: We did this on the podcast, didn't we, ages ago.
1: Yes, and we got fed up with the, the just, just the shooting left and right bit.
0: Yeah, because the arcade game was made by Konami, was it, and released by Stern.
2: Mm, it's quite yeah. a hard
0: game to play. So it's almost like a maze game. And you move around, there's lots of creepy creatures and stuff, like snakes and uh, burbs and skeletons and stuff. And you move around the the maze bit, collecting treasure and going through little openings and finding keys and going to doors and that. But the, the crux of the game is you can only shoot left and right. You've got um, mm. a joystick up, down, left, right. And you've got another joystick, which just goes left and right for shooting left and right. So if you get stuck in a, a vertical part of the maze you can't shoot and you'll get killed so you've got to be really careful where you are and you've got to shoot your way out first and make sure there's an, an empty gap to go up a vertical corridor or whatever and it was really getting on our nerves wasn't it because it was quite difficult to play mm. and it's it's a certain skill which i certainly didn't have and i got annoyed with it but this version of it it's still
1: the same Gameplay, yeah, yeah, but I've put another video here of a of a guy playing it really well, and it when on you, the real game or the Pico Eight on the Pico Eight, right? And I've like, obviously on the piece on a on a laptop, you can put it full screen, and it still looks good. I know it's a one hundred and sixty by whatever display. Yeah,
0: because on but the Pico Eight, I think it's one hundred and sixty by one hundred and sixty, so it's a square screen, and it's it's very chunky graphics. And, and, and it the original game was good. a vertical game, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. It does look good. It's much more colourful than the original arcade game. Um, Smoother. It's got some extra bits on it as well. You've put in there, you can find one ups in it. I think it must have little power ups, I think. So it added a little bit to it.
1: And a yeah. four
0: way powered laser.
1: Yeah, timed four laser. says so you can go just mad for a while. And just, oh, yeah.
0: that's brilliant.
1: There's invincibility.
0: I bet you, if you look through our old notes, when we played that game, I bet you one of the improvements we told we said was a four-way laser. But obviously, not all the time to it? be too easy. Did we play it? We must have done. I'm pretty sure we've, we've covered it on the on the podcast. I'm pretty sure we've covered yeah. it. It's getting to that stage now where we're going senile, or we've done too many podcasts. You decide, or both, or both. Yeah, yeah. The,
1: two, the two-way laser stops running if you, stops working if you run out of time. Oh right. I don't so you've got you're completely.
0: You can't kill anything. You're completely
1: vulnerable. Yeah, you've got to have a key and be near the exit when you run (laughs) it. Run, forest, run. But a good thing I like about it is that you get a a bit of an invincibility that sort of sort of uh, times down. And then what I didn't like about the original is when you go through a warp and you come out the other side. Yeah. If if there's something there, you're dead. Oh, but right. this, this one, you go through the warp and you go, you know, just maybe a screen to the left or a screen up and down, and you've got maybe two seconds flashing. Oh, right. So you, can, you can get out of the way. That is and really good. I, I think it's a really good version. I think it's one of these rare occurrences where the remake of a game, or a demake in this case, yeah. is better than the arcade game.
0: Yeah. I, in my little notes here, I had I a quick go over it, actually, because I didn't have a lot of time to play it, and I played it just on a PC. Because the good thing about Pico 8 is when you buy Pico 8, the the, the language or the environment to make games, you get all the software to use on a Mac, Linux, PC, Raspberry Pi, and online. So you get like five different versions of it, and you can play it on any of those things. So I played it just on a PC, then I realized this is a noob thing, I didn't really have much time to do it, and I had a quick go of it. And from my initial thoughts of it... It's way better than the arcade version.
1: Yeah. I, that-
0: I don't like the arcade version because it's very hard and it seems unfair. Even though that's the mechanics of the game, it's, it's very difficult to play and it's very difficult to get into. And it gets annoying not being able to shoot up and down and blah, blah, blah. But this it sounds better. The, the music's really good. Um, it looks better because it's much more colourful. And the square screen really works for it. And it plays a little easier. I got a few levels in and I couldn't even mm. do that in the arcade version.
1: Um, but, uh, there's a link to a, a really cool gameplay video. I think I think there's only four levels on it, and this guy got to the fourth level. Okay. And it, it was using very clever techniques to just make the most of the two-way firing.
0: Yeah. And it's so I got to the bit, bit on cool. there where there's, there's an arena, so there's there's an area where there's no maze parts. Yeah. And it's completely open, but you can still only fire left and right. And I really enjoyed that. Um, I'll put a link into this. So if people i've already bought the pico 8 environment which i I encourage you to that's like 15 dollars or 12 pounds to buy it Mm. and you can just play all these games for free it's definitely worth the money to support these people doing it it's absolutely brilliant i think all the games are free as well i don't think you pay for them yeah Um, these are
1: free online actually you can play them online for free
0: oh really you don't have to have pico 8 software
1: no that's what i was doing
0: that's really cool so I bought it because I, I made a little Pico 8 machine with a Raspberry Pi and a screen and the uh, controls. But I'm going to play more some more games of this, but it definitely needs arcade control. I'll just play it on a keyboard, and it works okay. Hey. But I think on an actual arcade, I'll tell you what, whenever I see something that's got slightly unique controls, this has got a, a four-way joystick and a two-way joystick or buttons for the, contro- for the firing. Mm. I can make a twin stick up for this. I'm not going okay. to just for one game but you could make a stick which is like a left stick for like up down left right and a right one just left and right for firing mm. that'd be really cool but it definitely needs to be played on my little Pico 8 machine because that's got arcade controls on it yeah I'll have to mm. dust that thing off literally dust it off because it's got dust on it but yeah I'm definitely gonna be playing that and next time we'll just pick a game we won't say what it is now because we're not going to do like um, score chasing we're just going to play it and have a look at it aren't we Hmm. So I know which one I want to play next time. I'll tell you later.
1: We could pick one each, actually, could we? If you like. The world (laughs) is our lobster. It is. That's a lobster, that. That's almost almost crab magic. Crab magic. (laughs) Don't do that. I'll get 20 push-ups. 20 push-ups, Holly. Oh, not again. Mm. Anyway.
2: Arcade Master Quiz.
1: This quiz is different to any other quiz you, you forewarned may have. You have warned
0: me about this quiz. I'm, this I'm is,
1: interested already. This is a massive multiplier quiz, right? This oh, is yeah. ins- this is inspired by the bullet hells where you chain, oh, chain God, we don't po- like them, do we? Yeah, we love them. Chain <laughs> points to get higher points. So what you do you start what with this mic? <laughs> Prizes. You start you start with a a question you get it right and you yeah. get a multiplier so that multiplier carries on through the next question every single question is only 10 is a number the answer is a number you get that number right my brain now does not work it's fried uh, and you get a multiplier right right first very first question we've just been talking about it toot and calm how many directions can you shoot two two right so put yes in there it's got a spreadsheet right
0: oh, of course you he's know, got a spreadsheet of course he so has he,
1: you're on a 2 multiplier now, right. so everything is doubled, so you're on are you, two points. Are you adding these points? Because I'm certainly not. No, I'm, I've got a spreadsheet. <laughs> right, question two. If you get a question wrong, by the way, you multiply a halves. Oh, okay. You can build up, honestly, thousands of points. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, nice. this really can. Right. Right, how many buttons are there on the original Atari Upright Asteroids Deluxe? How many buttons? Every button.
0: Seven. Yes,
1: Ooh, you got it to four. So, so that multiplier goes two to seven so you You're on a nine multiplier. Oh right, okay. do so you see, see how it works. Yes,
0: I like this. Go so, on. so you're
1: now you're now on eighteen points. So your multiplier <laughs> is nine. Multiplier is nine. Right. This is n- number three. Nineteen forty-two. You got it pay attention to this when you press when you power up with the plane and the two wingmen how many bullets release when you press the fire button how many bullets you powered up yeah and you've got the two wingmen six six yes so your multiplier goes from 18 to 24 yeah Wow. And, and, and and no, sorry. No, no, no. It goes to 15. So you've now got 270 points. <laughs> <laughs> I like more, this this holly uh, madness. I like it. Right. Next question. In Bosconian, each green spaceship has a central core and how many green, they're called green, they're called cannons. How many of them green cannons six. around? The, yeah, I would have got that wrong, you know. Yes, yeah, so oh. you got that right. So that's I, I'm looking six. at
0: my marquee, the Bosconian marquee, and it's on the marquee.
1: Oh, crap. <laughs> So that puts your multiplier up to 21, right. so you're on 5,670 points.
0: <laughs> this is getting to, like, gigawing kind of points,
2: isn't
1: it? It, it was strange, you may say that. Uh, question five, Mooncrestor, the, mo- the maximum amount of player bullets on screen at any one time. The maximum amount of player bullets on screen. Five. Yes! yes, I didn't think you'd get that. So you multiply goes from twenty-one to twenty-six without five. You're now on <laughs> <laughs> one hundred and forty-seven thousand four hundred and twenty points. This is brilliant. Uh, uh, number six. D- how many stages are in, are in Green Beret? Not the NES version. There's two different versions. The arcade version. How many stages? Four. Yes. Oh my god! I didn't think you I get that it. it. So I do know that. So they multiplied it goes up to thirty times. Now you're on four million four hundred twenty-two thousand six hundred. <laughs> I thought you'd get at least one of these wrong. Right. Okay. Number seven. TX one. The three Atari, uh, three Atari screen cockpit US version has how many foot pedals? Three. No, it has two.
0: Oh, I thought that. But um, I thought the, the American one might have gears. might have a
1: clutch. Oh, no. So that stays on. Darn it. Hang on. How do I knock that back down?
0: You're the on. spreadsheet boy.
1: How do I knock it back down? i changed it, I changed it to 7.5. Right. So the multiplier has gone down to 7.5. That what, would, from
0: that like was, 3
1: million it was a minute From, ago. Fi- from 15. Okay. Hang on. Oh, no, what have I done here, man? This is gripping the listener. Oh, no, it's done it itself. Sorry, yeah. It's gone from 30, 30 to 15 multiplier. So you're still on a very paltry 4,422,600 points. Okay. <laughs> I know I've done it right.
0: Give me All more questions.
1: Question 8 out of 10. Right, how many bullets are on the screen at once on Taito's Balloon Bomber? Think about this, because there there can be a maximum number of bullets on screen at once. Balloon Bomber? Balloon Bomber, yeah. Oh, It's it's the one where there's holes in the floor.
0: Yeah, I know. I was playing... Funnily enough, I was playing my Space Invaders earlier, and that's got it on the multi, but I didn't play that game. Two...
1: No, it's five because you've got you've got your bullet, yeah, the balloon bomber's bullet, and then there's a biplane that comes along and drops ah, three at, three at the same time.
0: I've played it for a long time, so I couldn't remember.
1: Oh, so you multiply a halfs again to oh, seven no. po- to seven point five? You're still on four and a half million points. Okay. <laughs> How many stages are there in Outrun? Not for the whole course. How many different stages are there in the game? Oh, I Don't even play at six. No. You can pick, you can, the first, no, no, it's 15, isn't it? I have no so idea. You can, you can pick five and then four and then three and then two because you go, you fork I, I, know, I know, it's
0: got like a fork, forking way, but um, yeah, I don't oh, care so you either.
1: Multiply, your multiplier is down 3. to 3.75, 5, yeah. So you're still on four and a half million points. Right, this is the GigaWin question. How many digits are there in the highest current recorded score? How many digits? 12 no 14 oh my god that's ridiculous isn't it yeah so that's in the trillions it, isn't it yeah no it's in the quadrillions <laughs> it, it's, 30, <laughs> it's such a
0: ridiculous game it's
1: 35 quadrillion 815 trillion 408 million 404,150. oh my god that's ridiculous. that is the that is the arcade world record that's
0: almost as many points as
1: i got in this quiz so the last four you got wrong, you, know, you could have really rumped it up there, but you still got a 4,422,600. <laughs> well. 4, so if you got them right, if you got the, the accelerator and brake one right, that would have gone up, you would have got 141 million. <laughs> if you got the five, that's, that's the multiplier up to 32. These are like bullet hell things. Yes. If you got the maximum number of bullets on Taito's balloon bomber bombers five. Got that right we would have been on five five and a quarter billion. <laughs> if you got the next one right, which is 15 stages on OutRun, so that would have put 15 on the multiplier, so the multiplier is now 52. Your
0: computer would break by then. You're
1: on 272 trillion there. And if you got the last one, which is 14, 14 bits, that's the one that's 17 trillion points you could have got.
0: Sean, what are you? Yeah. Tell
1: the listeners what you are. It's incredibly clever. A buffoon. Spreadsheet genius. Buffoon. Anyway, so you ended it with four and a half million points there, so that's quite good. That's
0: quite respectable. That's for good, a, that, for, a, it? for a quiz that had 10, point, ten questions in it. I thought,
1: how can I get a spreadsheet into the into the podcast? Well, I, I won't
0: be it. doing that, but I would like to. But I, I don't know how to use them like that.
1: <laughs> Ooh, here we go then.
0: We have a story from Neo MK. Do you want to Is read really this one
1: out? To- yeah, Evening all, hope you're both well. Very interested to hear about Victor's new cab project. I'm from Derbyshire originally, and I concur that I believe that these cabs were made in Nottingham. Mm-hmm. Perhaps they were linked to the Bellf- Bell Fruit Manufacturing, also from Nottingham. I came across them twice. It's not about the big ones, isn't he? Yeah. A- around 83, once in a caravan park in Scarborough-Mablethorpe area. Where they had exactly the same cab with a standard version of Galaxian. Secondly, our school corner shop had another similar cab with a bootleg of Unimore S. I didn't know what that game was for years. As, as all the title graphics appear to show overlapping Japanese text. Perhaps a coincidence, but both places are in, not far away from Nottingham. Anyway, nice-looking cabs which do have a certain charm, and for me, with a nice dollop of regional nostalgia. I remember they do play like a cocktail, which aren't the easiest things to play unless the games are simple. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Matt. What do you mean? Because you're looking straight at them kind of thing.
0: Yeah, they're, they're, very, they're very upright, those cabs.
1: Mm. And Thanks for that.
0: Yeah, it's, it's nice to hear of people who actually played them back then, because I remember playing a Galaxian one when I was a kid. I distinctly remember it, because I remember being shorter than the cab. That's how long ago it was. I'm six foot two now, mm. and then the cab's about six foot tall, I suppose. But I remember looking up at the screen from down below. <laughs> That's how short I was back then. But yeah, it's nice to hear people who were actually playing them as a kid. Really cool. Mm. And here is a word from our sponsor.
2: The new fantasy adventure from Atari Games. The most fun a quarter can buy. Feature Game Review
0: Sean, what mm. the F is it? Well, well both of picked, them actually. We're doing two games this time. You've picked two
1: here. I did. Moon Mooncrestor, or Mooncrustia as you called it. From Nichibutsu, 1980, uses Galaxian hardware, a two-way left and right game with a single fire-button game. It is refreshing, after all the stuff we've played, to play a very simple left and right game, isn't it? Yeah,
0: basically a Space Invaders game. Always. Yeah. Uniwar S was from Irem 1980. It might have been Irem's first game, you know. I'm not sure. I didn't look, but it's got to be an early yeah. one, hasn't it? Mm. This uses the same hardware as Mooncruster. Which is also Galaxian hardware, same controls. And they sound like this. This is Mooncrester. All games in the early 80s, all arcades in the early 80s, had this sound ringing around them, coupled with Carnival at ear shattering volumes where I was. Mm-hmm. And this, sorry about this, is Univore
2: S. Eek! God, that's
1: tinny. It's butchered the Galaxian theme tune, isn't it? Yeah. Or intro tune.
0: Yeah. There isn't a backstory to this. Uh, Arcade game manufacturers saw how popular Galaxian was. They built upon the same hardware, which is Z80-based, and tried to make a similar game with a few extras to try and win your coins. It's that simple. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So this is how you play them. Uh, it's quite simple. We won't be long doing this, I don't think. Crester, the first level. You shoot the purple eyelash monsters. They look like eyes with large eyelashes when you shoot them and they split into two. The second level, exactly the same as the first, with the big difference, the eyelash aliens are now yellow wow level three yellow bugs level four purple bugs bonus level your ship flies up the screen a bit and the second layer of your ship is at the bottom use left right and fire as thrust so you can dock your ship on top of the larger one level five if you docked successfully you now have the firepower of both ships combined a single shot and then two more after it you can blast the green and red bug things and then purple and yellow things on level six a bit quicker some of the aliens cloak themselves, invisible, while flying around the screen like loons. Level seven: a load of meteorite ball things fly at your ship from both sides, making a daft noise. You don't even have to shoot these if you don't want to. They fire about a dozen, and then you're onto another docking level. If you've still got the two ships together and haven't lost life, you can dock again. You have all three ships with their respective firepower. This is what we talked about on the quiz earlier. You've got two, four, five shots on screen at once. Mm. Uh, you will then be facing level 8 with yellow aliens that fall down the screen as massive torpedoes, then on the same level again with cyan ones. After this level, it's looped on. You're put back to the very start, but this time you lose the two larger ships and you're back to your smaller spaceship or the second one or the third one. Depends how many lives you've lost. But you go back to having just the one ship on the screen.
1: Isn't that weird? It's a very weird how you it's lose odd, your isn't power. isn't it? Yeah. It's is odd because in this
0: game, the first ship is a very small one very easy to manoeuvre but it only fires one shot at a time the second one which is everyone's favourite is a slightly bigger ship and it fires two shots at once so you can hit things easier and the third one is an apartment sized ship it's massive the firing is just too far apart to be able to hit anything easily it's annoying that third ship I might as well just finish the game with two lives and not bother with the third one
1: yeah, I, I was making some notes while I, uh, while I was playing it. Uh, one thing I found unusual, the player ship is about 20% up off the bottom of the screen. It really is quite high up. It kind of reminds me of,
0: there's a Galaxian clone called Cosmic Alien, and I've got some warm mounts of it, an original wall mount of it. And it's a really cool version of Galaxian from Universal, round about the same, it's just obviously a copy of Galaxian. I prefer it to Galaxian, where when you do a whole loop of the game, your ship goes up like one space of a ship, and then it goes up uh, later on, it goes up again, so you're quite close to the aliens, it makes the game harder. And they also loop around underneath you, and it reminds mm. me of that. But you're sort of one ship up from the bottom, it is mm, a bit hard, makes the game it? more difficult. But obviously, they can loop underneath you then as well, and you can still see them a little bit. Maybe that's why they did it.
1: And I put keep to the right to dodge the last of them disappear, the ones that disappear. If you keep to the right, and oh, then just right. kind of I tried to go to the, the left
0: and I kept getting got by them. I didn't think you could avoid them.
1: Yeah, and then they put. Yeah, just so uh, we talked about, it's a very strange lives system. So the bottom part of your. And also the bottom two parts of your ship are removed when you complete a If you lose a. If you lose the life, you do get three lives, really, but it, yeah. it's, it's. It's the three ships, isn't it? Yeah, it's very the first strange. ship
0: has got a one on it, the second ship's got a two on it, and the third ship's got three on it, just to help you out.
1: Oh, that's clever! Middle ship seems to be the best. Yep,
0: definitely. Everyone says that.
1: If if you leave the last buddy long enough, like on the on the eyelash level, they'll speed up. Yeah, and then you are goose. They're goosed Then
0: the first ship is painful at firing. One bullet just does not cut it. But your ship is small, and you know can easily move it out. The enemies are so drunk; they're bound to fly into you at every opportunity. The second ship is the Goldilocks Perfect Craft, nice-sized double-firing. third one's like moving an arthritic hippo with a pea shooter. Oh. <laughs> the enemies are more annoying than the ones in Phoenix. They're, they're so drunk, they're paralytic. After watching a 60,000-plus point game on YouTube, when you get to the later levels of the falling missiles, they all fall at the same time. Not one at a time, they all fall down the screen in one go. One big layer of shit, of, of, of torpedoes. So if you're the largest ship... I wonder
1: ship, what Happy Dude was on about when he said that.
0: Yeah, if you're, if you're the largest ship which fires you know the, the the bullets further apart, you can't shoot one and then get out of the way of it. It's impossible. I think you can only do it with the second or the first ship. So if you're on the third layer, you can't do it. Because they, they all fall down at once. You can't shoot your uh, a gap for them to miss you. That's how this person lost their last life on doing oh that. It's got no chance. So that is a bit unfair, that bit. On to Uniwar-esque. I mean, Mooncrestor is a very simple game. Mm. You know, it's, even, it's just simple. It's got a few different levels. Very simple game. Just shoot stuff. They come at you in different ways. You get things flying at you at different angles. Basically, just shoot things. Dock your ship a few times. Keep shooting stuff.
1: I think it's the first game with a docking level. Where you can power up your ship, I think it Astro is.
0: Astro Blaster is that 1981 or was that 1980? Where you dock, you, you clip, solder your ship.
1: Mm, maybe
0: they, they got the idea from each other. Perhaps I don't know who did it first, but yeah, it's all very 1980, 81, that kind of thing.
1: And then, then the the thing where you, you bolt stuff onto your ship that was carried on with Terra Cresta. Yeah, Terra Cresta and is a good little game. Dangar, UFO, and what was the one after that? There's a few Terra- in there. Terra Force, yeah. There's a yeah. I'll put a link in the no for your kids to a video with them all, but there's one that I didn't realise existed, Mooncrest 3D on one of the consoles. Ooh, never heard of it. No, I hadn't till okay. about two hours ago, when I never looking at it.
0: Cool. So we're on to Uniwar S now. Not Uniwars, Uniwar S. No idea why. It's different. Mm. <laughs> the first <laughs> level is just like Galaxian but with all the same boring bug-shaped alien baddies. They're all exactly the same shape and colour. They fly down similar to Galaxian, but in 1s, 2s, and 3s at a time. Kill them for hardly any points. I mean, I think if you do the first level, you get 480 points. That's it. You can't even get bonus points. They're all the same points. So, level 2, for some reason you're warped here. So your screen just says warp, and a crappy fade effect on your ship. You are then battling against purple swirly sixty style flying saucers that do a looply loop, and then shoot at you from different angles, firing as they whiz down. Level three is green bugs. Is this the is this before, Galaga? Because Galaga is 1981 or 82, isn't it? So they were using yeah. bugs on this game before Galaga made the bug aliens fashionable. So this is probably before Gallagher. Could be. So if you shoot a bug, it'll drop one of its sinister space soldiers at you. If you fail to shoot this descending moron, it'll (laughs) walk back and forth underneath your ship and shunt a spear up your Jaxi if you don't watch out. They kind of remind me of the little spear guys on Hunchback.
1: Hunchback, yeah, me too. So that
0: really reminded me of those. But I think this is probably about the same time or before Hunchback. Sometimes the bug will drop their soldier without being shot. So if they drop them down and you shoot the, sh- the soldier and then shoot the bug, the bug won't drop another soldier. It's only got one soldier in each bug. How do they fit mm. them soldiers in a bug? Must, Video crunch game physics. must crunch them up real small. And just Video game them. physics, as yeah. our friends say. Nonsense. Nonsense. If you manage to shoot the dodgy looking spaceship that turned up briefly, it whizzes around real quick. It'll wipe out any space soldiers below your ship, which is handy. Level four, this is swirly blue and orange orbs. I'm not sure how you're supposed to shoot these. Hopefully, one of our listeners has, has added this to the the notes in their scores. So these things sort of turn themselves round as they're moving around. From like they've got almost like orange and blue shields. Sometimes mm. if you shoot them, you shoot them real quick. Other times you've got to shoot them loads of times. Whether you've got to get your shot in between the shields. Or hit the blue one so many times, or I don't know how it's how it works.
1: No, I think you've got to do a perfect shot in between them shields. Maybe I think.
0: that's difficult though, because they move around quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, beware any space soldiers that were left over from the previous level, because they're still there from the level before. They don't go away, and they're bloody space javelins. Mm. After this level, you get a next pattern, and the game starts all over again. That is it. Quite simple this one, and quite dull, I think.
1: Yeah, I like the fast bullets. That's the only thing I like about it. It's got fast bullets. Yeah, it kind of reminds me... It obviously uses the
0: same kind of coding as the bootleg Galaxian because you get the the real fast bullets on some of the Galaxian clones, don't you? Mm. So it uses those. But it doesn't use bendy bullets like in some of the Galaxian clones. You can move the bullets around.
1: Yeah, I think when when I've been doing them notes, I've written what you've put there. If you shoot the space, the space flashy thing... Oh no this is this is good. When they're materializing there's kind of like a flashy kind of a, a Yeah, they sort of warp w- in from space. If you shoot space. space shooting in the face, Shooting. if you shoot exactly in the middle where they've materialized, you get the get the ship. Mm. Cuz he, he sort of hovers like that. Look at that kids. Hover. He hovers over the top of it and it's it's annoying trying to get him, but if you just concentrate on where he's come from, Yeah. and shoot him, you get him. Yeah that's good spiky dudes only spear you through the gaps in the platform it took me ages to realize this it's obvious oh right of course yeah they only they only get you through the gaps in the platform so can you can nip over the top of them i uh, try uh, and avoid
0: them but now i know that it'd be a bit easy but i I don't think i'll return to this game to <laughs> be honest with you
1: yeah and you, you only get three spiky dudes maximum there's not any more it must might be a sprite Right, maxing out thing, but I'm glad we yeah, really don't want any more than no, There's quite three. a lot of things
0: moving around on the screen, isn't there? Mm. Easy to shoot them out of the sky before they land, and you get quite a bit of points for doing that. It's a very, very low-scoring game, this. It is, isn't it? Yeah, at first level, you get 480 points. That's it. No more, no less. It's old-school
1: points. Old-school 80s points. Yeah.
0: But even Galaxian, if you shoot the Galaxian flagship and they hit the two red ones, first, then the yellow one, You get eight hundred points. You get quite a lot of, almost like doubles your score for the level if you do that. That's what this needs
1: more bonus points. It does need more bonus
0: points. Yeah, yeah. Mm. This game seems like a boring, really boring take on Galaxian with annoying bits thrown in. When the space (laughs) soldiers or the spiky dudes you decide fall, the animation or the collision detection is janky as hell. Sometimes they aren't even anywhere near the bottom of the screen and they're suddenly behind you. Hmm. And they, they can't yeah. actually land on you and kill you. If they hit you in, in, in front of you, they're immediately behind you. They don't actually kill you if they land on you. They, they just go behind you and make themselves nuisances behind you. Did you find any tips or secrets about the
1: games? No, not just them things of Just mentioned. shoot stuff right in face. Shoots it right in, sparky face.
0: The only thing that it would help, actually, is knowing that I didn't really know they can only spike you from in between the gaps, which is the line underneath
1: your spaceship.
0: I didn't realise that.
1: You can go over the top if you're quick. Yeah,
0: yeah, they can only do that. But usually I do that and they just ram a spike right at my bottom. Oof. Never good. Never good.
1: Yes, graphics and sound. What have you put for this, Vic?
0: I think 80s goodness, eight colours at most. Simple two-coloured sprites, very basic. Sounds are obviously similar to Galaxian because of the hardware. They just remix the beeps a little bit, maybe.
1: Yeah, but Uniwar, some okay enemies in Galaxian hardware is passable. But Mooncrestor, I thought, an effort's been made here. There's interesting varied graphics on the levels. Yeah, The animation's quite good. The swirling animation of the... the yeah. It was 1980, yeah. Nice. I like the sound effects. Do like the sound effects? You're I had that as my ringtone for years. That... I had that. they're very,
0: very 80s. As I said earlier, whenever you went in an arcade, an early arcade, you always heard Mooncrestor. It was always... Because it was always louder. Maybe it's because it's more tinny. It's a higher pitch, you can hear it more in an arcade, I don't know. But you always had Mooncrestor. Do you know, do you know my
1: ringtone has been since at least 2018 on every phone? Yeah. Airwolf, the, <laughs> the, eight, the, the 16-bit version, I think the game's from Kuyo, Kuyogo, a 1987 Airwolf game. Right. And I've just kept the same ringtone because it's really loud. You are a creature of habit, Sean. And I know it. And a it's... habitual creature. Do you want me to ring it now? No, thanks. All right then. I just listened to the Airwolf theme tune on that game, and that's my ringtone. And I've just kept it. I don't know why. I just really like it. Trivia, trivia. You've got some trivia here. Have
0: oh, I indeed? The cabinet art. Um, there were a lot. Uh, I don't know about Uniwar S. I remember Mooncrafter. There was lots because there was oh, the yeah, upright so version. It. I think Nichibitsu had a version. Some other companies had versions of it, licensed. There's a,
1: there's a link, Gremlin, Sega, Patico, Spanish.
0: Wow, loads of them. Com,
1: CompuGames. Is that, what's that flag? What's that flag? Denmark. A Danish one, wow. Yeah. Oh, that's
0: a, a wall mount thing. You'd like that. Oh, hello, I'm looking at that. Well, hold on a minute. Which one's a Danish flag? That one there. Ooh. I want, I want
1: that. Oh, that's they've awesome! All, they've all got different mark uh, marquees and different lettering on the Mooncrest. Oh, really one of
0: them. It's got little square
1: buttons. Oh <gasps> that is. So- if anyone um, from Norway
0: can find me a Mooncrest uh, wall mount, I'll have one,
1: please. Look at the German one. That is a bizarre cab. The German one. Mm, oh, it's got Phoenix written on it. The Videospiel von Hagen. Oh, it's a it's oh, a that generic is odd. cab. It's a oh, generic yeah. cab that hang, hang, uh, houses Puckman, Firebird, Nooncrestor, Uniwar, Rally-X, Ripoff, Rat Patrol, whatever that What's is. What's Rat Patrol? I don't know, it sounds good. Yeah,
0: it's got rats in it.
1: You and patrolling
0: patrolling
1: a it. rat: There's a, a Super Mooncrestor, I don't know if it was an actual... Super f- Mooncrestor? How super se- was it? A proper sequel, but I've played Super Mooncrestor in MAME and it doesn't look like it's the proper sequel. It's the sequel. same game, Sean. I bet,
0: you, I bet you all they did is um, made the firing quicker or something like that. Oh, hello. Just a minute. I'm glad we're doing this. I, I don't like it when podcasts do this, but I'm doing it for a change when they just look through stuff and talk about it. It's actually got a bit of a story here. To reach first docking sequence, rocket must destroy regiments of Zupus and Helicon craft, heavily armed with bombs. Rocket 1's firepower is greater now with Supermoon Crest... ...and players will move through first round faster than before. So I think it's got speedy bullets. Mm. When Stage 2 craft appears, docking must be complete within 30 seconds. Docking is accomplished with port starboard controls for direction... ...left and right, and retro rocket firing to slow descent. Fast docking means high bonus points. Fail to dock means loss of all bonus points. A crash during the phase destroys the docking rocket... So I think they just enhanced a few of the bits of the gameplay. Super. It's not that super, is it?
1: Meh. I looked at the main run. I, th- I think it's corrupted the main run. There's, like, weird graphics on the score and that. It didn't, didn't a look weird ri- graphic. It didn't look right, like me. It didn't
0: look right. At um, the Arcade Archive, there is a bootleg Mooncrest, which is called Mooncrest. Yeah. They couldn't be asked to put the A on it. Mooncrest, yeah. that'd do. Don't bother putting put an A on it. That'd do. That'll and do. that one, I remember... I, because it's a bootleg. It's a bit of a dodgy version. It's quite funny because when we were playing it, there was just a letter in the middle of the screen, like an R.
2: <laughs> I don't know <laughs> why.
0: Just, just, well, it was a 4, wasn't it? It was a mm. 4, just there. And that one, for some reason, had slowdown on it. Yeah, it did. Yeah, I wonder if it's it a bit different. We it's Why is it slowing down? It must be sort of lesser hardware or something. I don't know. Interesting, though. The only bit of trivia I can find, um, Uniwar S is actually a copy of... I'm going to butcher this. Ginga Taikoku no Gayaku, which is presumably renamed for Western audiences.
1: Hmm. Right, before we get into the scores, because I was, I was kind of questioning in these, these huge scores at the top. Yeah. And then uh, Mr. Berserker put, a second lot of ships, what do you mean? Surely, I, I thought you got an extra life at 30,000. Right. But he says... You get a beep at 30,000, so that means when you lose your first three ships, you get another game, but the difficulty continues. And Mark Dude confirmed that. He says, You get a new game after you've scored more than 30,000, but it carries on over the score and keeps the difficulty just because goes back to stage one again. So it's.
0: Oh, you that's get a how... whole new three lots of ships, not just one extra life. You get a whole yeah, new game.
1: That's what it sounds like, yeah. yeah.
0: You might have guessed I didn't know about this because I didn't get to thirty thousand.
1: Well, I was I was getting there and if I knew about that this I would have played it more and perhaps got it. So there. you can have a whole game, get more than thirty thousand, then play another game
0: again and add on to your thirty thousand to yeah. get good scores. Oh I did not
1: know that. Ha huh. <laughs> let's huh. have a look at some scores actually. Oh, lo-
0: oh right, there's two lots of flipping scores. We need to go through these
1: pretty quick. Let's do the Roomcrest ones a,
0: first, shall we? Bit of a
1: nightmare doing two like two score tables. It frankly. is, but I
0: don't care. Let's get from Dexter Happy much. Dude. This is the tiny happy dude. Yes. The the how old was he? Four months. Seven months. Seven months old. He's got six hundred points. Uh this is my happy dude's grandson. This is post on Dexter's behalf. Uh six hundred
1: scored, but I think he preferred playing Street Fighter two because yeah. his well tiny played. fingers can't even use a keyboard yet there's a little picture of him sat at the, key- uh, sat at the cab there one punch run <laughs> that's all you need 650 points Retro Rex 1700 John Turner 1700 Dunno do not know DNO, 50- 5940 and there's three players on the same score and it, I have checked it, it is right Adam Flint 6040 Mooncrest looked vag- vaguely familiar back in deer, and was my go to machine for this type of game my go-to machine for this type of game is always Phoenix and not Same those. here. Mm.
0: So MJD and Virgil's auntie got exactly the same, sixty-two forty, And another 20 points on top of that is James Wise mids, And he says, Enemy spawning on top of me, not a fan of this one, seems really unfair. Can we play Boggy 84 again? No, we cannot.
1: Yes, we can. None Phil more. Cave. Phil Cave. What? Oh. One uh, no seven 000, seven thousand and forty points. I'm losing it now, kids. It's Rob, direct
0: late. current, also known as Rob DC, seven thousand one hundred forty. Ross, Ross,
1: Ross, 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 seven uh, The old Golder, seven thousand six hundred ninety. GTB Films, a new player, eight nine sixty. Doctor Goggles, nine thousand and forty. Buttons from Cinderella. Oh no, he isn't. Nine thousand two hundred forty.
0: J-Ping Barber, nine thousand three hundred ninety. Great nostalgia for this game. Fantastic sound and colourful graphics for 1980. Played this lots in the local CAF. Typical that I'm rubbish at the game like it, but not bad at the very average Uniwar Space S.
1: Uh, wonder if it was a typo. I'm not sure. Not sure. Mm. Andrew, Andrew stuck on the M45, still stuck on the M45. His called RAC, I haven't come out. He's been there for a month. 9,490. Zestora,
0: 9,660 Old Man Steve, 10,000 Basil the Sane, 10,420 Stuart from a Time Warp
1: 11,120 Majok, 12,540 Chris K. June, 12,690 There's a load of players here Yeah, tons of them ZX Michael, 14,160 seems that we did two games Vader GB, 14,190
0: Mr Parsons, Chris CNP 15,780 had a credit on the new 10-piece score game, Moon Cresta, for the first time in a while. Maybe I'll have a second go before the month's
1: out. It's good for one go. Jeremy Riley. 17,280. Ian Cullen, 18,830. Cheeky Blighter, 19,680.
0: Mark Watner-Gravy, 20,380. Mr. Messi, 22,160. Uh, you, Sean. Oh, hmm. did I beat you? He did
1: (gasps) in your face
0: (laughs) 22,280 and i got 25,840
1: yes well done consider that a win sal bug did very well 30,070 we're into the points nice one sal uh
0: aid skyway 73 with his mag wheels uh 31,470 both games this month are very much of their time a few games was enough for me Snarkade, a new player, 37,330. Rygar, 39,770. Uh, Mooncrest, around four.
1: I've yeah, got four loops
0: good. around it. Well pretty good. Yeah.
1: Pilbo, 41,550.
0: Uh, Dig Dug, 43,410. And he says, ah, Mooncruster." with his score, takes me back to our local shop playing with my mate. As for Uniwar S, I can't manage to avoid what's coming from above
1: while trying to avoid a spirit of the Jaxi. Oof. Oof. Bill Wellham, eight points with 45,050. moon is one of my favourite games from my arcade youth. Dropped many ten p- pences into my local ch- uh, shop cab. This score was way better than they ever did back then. But now I've hit a wall. My old brain can't possibly keep up with a speed. Too fast for me, I'm beaten. Uh, Mark Happy Dude is the
0: second... Uh, 77,590. That's a big score. This mm. brought back many happy gaming memories. Mr. Nelson's cafe at the local shopping centre had a few cabs, and this was one of them back in the day. 100,000-plus was not uncommon, but not this time. Ten pence a fact hit me hard.
1: Mr. Berserker has been inc- improving his score over the last few weeks. 131,290. Finally got to the top stop, top spot. From the amazing Steve Tyke. That was tough kind Steve Tyke's got a good score on sidekick, but he didn't play for this contest, so obviously it's not allowed. Oh, okay, that's a massive score. Only 130 odd thousand on
0: this. I don't game. Know. Wow. I don't know. Right, so quickly moving on, because it's getting really boring for people to listen to, surely. This is UniWar S scores. Uh, it's got Virgil's Auntie right at the bottom, twenty five hundred. Retro Rex, 2530 Vader G oh sorry, Pilbo, twenty seven forty. Vader G. Bean, 2,940. Paul McCaskey, 3,490. DJ Rouge, Tony, 3,590. Adam Flint, 3,800. Never played Uniwar before. I definitely would have remembered the things poking me at the bottom. Oof. Dr. Goggles, 4,660. Me, 5,180. This is a much lower scoring game, isn't it?
1: It is. Basil the Sane is the one that gave us those banana... Oh, what were they? Banana job dodgers. Yuck. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> five three, ten. This is better than Noon Cresta. The N- d- annoying no, not. ducking sequences. okay in short bursts.
0: He's not right. Ross Ross five thousand three hundred thirty. The old Golder,
1: six two sixty.
0: Mister twenty to five's been in uh, sixty four thousand four hundred. He reckons janky game number two. Positively For Firm no.
1: 6,440, not 64,000, you said. Yeah, I will just give him that just to annoy him. Yeah, yeah fair enough. and forty. Zestora, 7,070. Chris K. June, 7,080.
0: Is that what he's called it? K. June. Don't Ugh.
1: get me dead. God, I hate that
0: song. Right, oh, <laughs> Painful. <laughs> uh,
1: but, Mr. What
0: No Gravy, seventy three. I've almost at 73,000. 7,340.
1: That's how low these points are. J-Ping Barber, 7,990, gets boring very quickly. Sick of getting speared up the jacks here. (laughs) Nobody likes getting enough spear up the bot. Oof. Andrew M45, 8,290. Bill Wellham, 8,670. This is my kind of game. Love all these Galaxian cousins. I do like them pink saucers. The little spear guys are okay, but I hate the rotating red-blue... Buggers, eight color glorious shooter. His book. Yeah, it's it's not it's not that great.
0: Mister Messi, ten thousand four hundred twenty. I was hoping to get a lot of fun and thrill, and I did sort of. Both of these games have that irritating but must have a go again factor, much like my current nighttime toilet habits.
1: <laughs> that bit that is on about that's on the attract mode Moon You can get a lot of fun and thrill. Was oh, that seen what it that? says? Yeah. Wow. I'm going to put that on the podcast image. Me. With three points, he's got some points this month. Eleven thousand five hundred and sixty. If you're paying for playing this damn game, uh, Snarkade, King of the Snarks, eleven thousand seven hundred and fifty. Salberg, good scores for Sal really 12,520 great choices this month I've played Minkrest quite a bit but I never played Uni S, which turned out to be a really fun game it's janky likes it uh, particularly satisfying to pick off the bad on the Galaxian version the other levels were fun too but I couldn't figure out the sequel to sequel secrets to destroying the round thingies that rotate slowly so I found myself just blasting away crazy until they eventually die that's what I did I thought the sound in Uniorus was better than Mooncresta but Cresta still takes the cake as it was my game but my girlfriend now my wife would play at a cafe not far from our high school nice love
0: that AIDS Skyway 73 uh, 12,690 more simple shooty fun another game I'm happy to play in small
1: doses he's really good and I think he's like uh, coming upon Rygar, I think, at the minute, mm. with the absence of Charlie Fire, who's gone to Twitch. Twitch oh. heaven. Not Twitch heaven, Twitch streaming. Old man Steve, 14,130. Or space beers. They don't like it up them. They do not. Uh, buttons,
0: 14,270.
1: In second place is Rygar, the great Rygar, with
0: 18,710. And uh, Mr. Berserker, again, 19,440. Personal Best, number 45, Uniwar S. This game is strangely addictive. He's
1: going through, mm. he's going through lots of games. He's a very good player. Yeah. Well done, Neil, Mr. Berserker. Uh, ports and sequels. Uh, for Uniwar
0: S, hell no. <laughs> hell no. <laughs> Mooncrest, was lots. I, I just put Terra and the other one. But there is more.
2: Dangar, so UFO. Terra Cresta
0: was the, the follow-up. Then Dangar UFO Robo then Terra Force, then Terra Cresta 2, Mandora no
1: Gakshu, which that is a on
0: 1992 the, NEC PC Engine game.
1: That was on the PC Engine, But there's yeah, been but a t- brand new one recently, Soul Cresta, which I haven't played yeah. yet. Have you played it? No, I think it's on... It's, I think you can get it on Switch and maybe on Steam. Oh, really? Steam. Yeah, it's, Ooh, it's, it's brand new. Well, I get that, it's on Switch. But, but, that video there that I've linked does highlight one called Mooncrestor 3D that I've never seen before. I've never seen that either, never heard no. of, so, of that All of them have got the mechanic where you bolt stuff onto your ship. Yeah, so it was started in Mooncrestor. But I, I still I still do really like Terracrestor.
0: I like Terracrestor,
1: actually. Terracrestor
0: mm. and. Oh, what's the other game It's similar to it? I always get those mixed up. Which one is it? Truxton, no slap tar- fight. I always get Terra Crest uh, and slap fight mix. up I like both of them. They're difficult, but I like both of those. Uh, so I reckon. Uh, I think the enemies need better flying mechanics and a chance to evade them because they are—they just go for you. It's mm-hmm. horrible. It just it gets really annoying after a while. This is Mooncrest. Really moon yeah. Sorry, first um, a choice of which ship to start with. So rather than starting with a little pea shooter one, I'd like to start with the second ship first. Or the third mm-hmm. one and get rid of it quick. Uh also when you do the docking level, having some like debris to avoid rather than just plonking it down. I mean, you don't even need to use the the, the thrust button. And also, did you sometimes you get a hundred times remaining and sometimes two hundred times remaining for the time. What make what makes it 100 or 200? I don't know. Because sometimes you've got 100 yeah. times like 21 seconds left, obviously so you get 2,100 points. And other times you get double that, you get 4,200. I'm not sure why. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was something to do with using your thrust or not using it, but you don't even need to use the thrust. You just ram it on as hard as possible
1: and it's fine. You don't need to use the thruster. Yeah, I don't know if maybe when you start the level, you, you can be quite a, a far distance away from this ship and you've got to travel down to it, but that's still, yeah, still but going at the same really. speed,
0: you? But I also I did test out the theory of what would happen if you didn't dock the ship. If you just mm. dump it right to the left or right, it just sits at the bottom doing nothing until your time runs out and you just don't get a bonus. Really? <laughs> yeah, that's all it does. You can crash the ship and you don't get any bonus, but if you just leave it at the bottom it does nothing, and then you start the next level with the original ship or whatever ship you're on so you don't get the two bolted together, which is easy to get hit. So if you don't want to do it, you, you can, can lose nearly 4,000 points from the bonus if you do that. So it's not worth doing. God. What do you reckon of that one?
1: Uh, me, me crest swirly attack patterns look pretty, but they are too erratic and not enjoyable to play. Yeah. It, it's... I've I've come back to this many times. This game, it's one one of the games I keep coming back to, and mm. then I think, no, I just don't like that first level with the swoopy, the swirly yeah. thing. They're just they are erratic, and they're not just. It's just not fun.
0: It, it's almost like when they go down below you and underneath, they should just disappear because you've missed them. But they come back and just smash into you, and they they can really go for you if they're close to you. Mm. It just seems like they're going for you every time. And it's unfair. So that, that bit really bothers me, and it, it always did bother me. Even back as a kid, I used to get annoyed with that. But I used to play it a lot as a kid, a lot. There must be techniques to it for these lads mm. to we get like you to the right-hand 000. side and they can't get you.
1: Uh, that that uh, was the disappearing ones, when right, they disappear a bit. But at
0: least in Phoenix, which the, the, the birds are erratic in that as well, at least in Phoenix you've got a, a, a barrier, which you can... Sometimes get out of jail free and mm. live, but other times not because the barrier doesn't work very well. Obviously, because they're bugging it. But yeah, it, and Uniwars for me, the only thing I can say about that is it's just dull. I mean, there's not enough in the game to keep you going back for it. It's not as as pretty and as fun and as challenging as Galaxian. Even though Galaxian is just a one single screen game over and over again i much prefer mm. playing Galaxian to, to that.
1: So we go on to... Annoy or enjoy. I annoyed it with... A you very annoyed s- it? Uh, you, you're I the annoyed. only person who annoy-
0: could annoy a video game.
1: Oh, you bugger come round my house with your sparkly <laughs> electronics. <laughs> and you, you creepy alien people trying to eat me cheese. but uh, yeah, a smattering of enjoy. Ah, uh, no. You got I,
0: one or the other, enjoy or When I left it for a
1: few days and come back to it, both the um, Mooncrest have thought, "Yeah, it's all right." No crap. So annoy. Yeah. And the same. I've not. I've not done one for Union you, you War S, but that's similar. It's, it's. Yeah, like you said, there's not a lot to it. I like the fast shooting. Yeah. But I did keep going back to that one because I like the fast shooting, but soon got bored of it, and and it's fiddly as well as trying to shoot the rotating things with the shield and then keeping mm. it out of the way. And the collision detection on the spears is a bit... It's awful, awful isn't it? Terrible. Yeah.
0: So, for me, I mean, Mooncruster as a kid used to play it all the time. It was brilliant. You know, multi-levels, you know, all this sort of stuff. Because mm. obviously back then, you didn't get it was the same thing over and over again. Pac-Man was the same thing over and again. Galaxian was the same thing over again. Space Invaders was the same thing over again. And this had different levels, so it was brilliant. And... As I come back into playing arcade games with Mame and all this sort of stuff, it's like, oh, Mooncrest is awful. You know that that first bit's really unfair. And I've, since I got this cab, I've been playing the Galaxian type of games. Like, oh, I'll play this again. I, I thought, oh, I gotta get into it. I'll get back to you know, and I did. And it it it's back to annoy, mm. then flipping things, it bash into you, and, and very, you know, within like ten seconds, you can lose a life. Mm. You're not careful, and it's just it's unfair. I think it's just... And, and games that are difficult, I don't mind that. Defender's difficult. I still like it. You know, Cuba I find difficult, but I still like it. It's not unfair. But this game's unfair. So unfair games just do not get in my 10 pences. And Uniwar mm. S is just boring. So annoy as well. It could have been a lot better game. It's just annoying. Mm-hmm. There's another game on the same hardware that's on my, ma- my macro multi-galaxian PCB called... Piskies, or Pisces.
2: Hmm.
0: And that has got smatterings of Galaxian and a bit of Phoenix. And that is janky, but it's more fun to play than Unimores. So I'd probably play that. We're going on to the last word now, which we'd we play a simple game that was similar. would rather play, or maybe play if you still if you like this game and you want to play another one similar to it, or... If you hate this game, play this instead. It's much better. To me, Galaxian or the superior Cosmic Allen by Universal Cosmic Alien. Play either there, of those games rather than these two.
1: I put there are many other static screen space shooters of the era better than these two. Pick one: Phoenix, Pleiades, Astro Blaster, Gore. That's just four off the top of my head, but yeah. not off the top of my head. I had to look a bit and think, but yeah, not great. Any of them four be brilliant really to play. I love Pleiades. Mm-hmm. Um, Phoenix, Phoenix is great. Astroblast is great. Golf is great. Yeah, yeah pick them pick and play them, kids. You will have a lot of fun and thrill.
0: Yes. Um, Phoenix is obviously a favourite one. I've actually got a dedicated cab and I've got a Pleiades PCB, which is the same pin out, which is in there as well. So I've got both those games in a cab. Is that yeah, the love those. Cab-
1: cabaret that's been yes, asked the, got way like a the- trim line. It's been around the event circuit with oh God, RGP yeah. for years and then back to you. <laughs> it came from Germany. I got shipped over from Germany,
0: had it for like eight or 10 years, sold it to James RGP, did all the uh, all the game expos and the play expos and all this sort of stuff. I bought it back off him and now it's staying with me forever. I love that cab. Mm. And I've got a Space Invaders trim line right next to it and they look lovely together. Brothers they are. Brothers I used arms. to like that one because it was
1: easy to get off the lorry. So easy on the, yeah, so the uh, sack truck. It's heavy, but it's short and stubby. Yeah, So easy on the sack truck.
0: Right, we've been going for two hours, Sean. Let's get out of here. But before we Nora. do that, next show's game, it's yours and it's stupid.
2: Next show's game.
1: <laughs> Tell them what you're doing. Tell them what you're doing. They're not going to like it. Something a bit different with... Like we've never done this, so we've like we've. There's a reason for that. We've tried weird games. We've tried Twin Sticks. We've tried Operation Wolf, which was a good. So we're going to try a racing game, a 3D Sega Mm. Sprite scaler. We're going to try Super Mm. Hang On. It is Super Hang On. It is playable with a cab with four buttons. It is playable. Four buttons. Well, three buttons. Left, right, accelerate. You've got got accelerate and the power, or you can just use the stick for push-up. You can can map it however you want, but I was using left, right, and then accelerate and the power. I wasn't bothering with the brake. I'm already confused. But it does work.
0: So, on Uh, our notes, right, I'm going to read these out. I've put underneath all that, Christ, this isn't going to work. You need analog controls. And you said... I've just been playing it on my cab. It works fine. And a little smiley face with a sticky out tongue, and I've put on the bottom of that. There will be a lot of complaints about this, mainly from me. <laughs> <laughs> so if I it think is... it might work. I think if you, you it in... might work. So you are really sure
1: of that, then Sean? By saying it might work, if you plug in an Xbox controller, or I might something kill you. Into a mame main... that's got analog controls, your Xbox controllers, you could yeah, plug, are... your... plug it into plug it into PC, be fine. Play on your correct. PC.
0: I think if you use an analog controller like an Xbox, PlayStation, whatever. Yeah, I oh, am. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You'd have to probably <laughs> mess about with the analog uh, settings a little bit on main. But you yeah, can it'll probably it. work. Mm. You can use
1: it with a mouse, you know. You no, that'd be
0: rubbish. You have I've got. So I've
1: got a Horry uh, wireless
0: uh, controller here with two of those analogs on it. So I'll be using that on there, mm. or. You can go down to the Arcade Archive. Is that a Super Hang-On down there? Or is that it's a normal Hang-On? It think you So go down I'm there and it. play it and get your score. Official. On a proper cab. That's the way to play it. Hmm. Nice. So the game is Super Hang-On. The developer was, of course, Sega in 1987. The ROM is Shang-On. S-H-A-N-G-O-N. There's no lives. It's just timed. The difficulty is normal, and the time adjust is normal. Uh, beginner course only, please. Yeah,
1: just play that one, which is hard enough. I don't think I've ever completed a beginner course, you know. I
0: don't think I've ever played it. Mm. So submit your score, and uh, you've got to use the arcade ROMs, please. Uh, no scores from console or computer compilations, as they may be different. Uh, you can send your scores to on Twitter as the hashtag 10p score. You can use the Sidekick app in the 10 club section. You can email the site, which is vertvic at 10 you can post a comment on the podcast post on Facebook, uh, or you can go on UKVac and tell us. The deadline for the score submission is Monday, May the 22nd. 1,700 hours UK time, please. Now, I oh, can smell lovely. my dinner now, Sean, so I'm going to go.
1: Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for listening, kids. Catch you listening. next time.
0: And you. Thank- Bye-bye. Goodbye. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes and leave feedback at www10 you can email me at vertvic at tenpence uk. You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at tenpence and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered.